BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. morning friends we're back again it's fightful overbooked we're getting in the weeds it's wednesday may the 24th i am at joel pearl and of course we have so much going on today but the sickest pillar of them all is with me this morning jeremy lambert how are you buddy i'm hopped up on uh cold <laughs> medicine so hopped on goofballs yeah, so today should be something. Today should be something. Took took just just a handful of cold meds. Don't even know what I took, honestly. So it, who knows what got mixed in there? Uh, that's kind of the best part, though, is you just kind of take a fistful of pills and shove them in your mouth, and you hope for the best, and then you feel better in the morning. It's how it worked in the 90s, right? The Hades and 90s. It's just it's how everybody got by. So I'm, I'm throwing back to those days. Everybody wants the 90s to come back. I figured, you know what? Let's do a 90s tribute show by just taking a bunch of pills before the show and see see where that got me. What 90s fashion do you like still subscribe to or wish you would like bring back? I'm going to bring back Jenko jeans. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm bringing back. Those are 90s things, right? Uh, 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to bring back. The infamous Hulk Hogan with his Jenko jeans taking his son out in the yellow Lamborghini. Dude, Kevin Nash wearing FUBU is like a moment that will live forever in, in the wrestling world that just people aren't going to to understand. Is is just Kevin Nash showing up on Nitro with a big old FUBU shirt was just... You, you can't get that that timing back. Uh, yeah, bless Kevin Nash. That man was ahead of his time. He's ways. talked about this. He's talked about this a lot too. How when the NWO was formed and him and Scott were like, "We want to be edgy. We want to be on the forefront of like culture, and we want to bring black culture into wrestling." Like, and yeah, like because Kevin's from Detroit. Like he just he was part of you know he was he was that. So they were wearing FUBU and they were wearing like all the stuff. And then they brought in Hogan, and Hogan still wanted to do, well, you know, something brother. And so I remember the story was something like Kevin saying, like, okay, we're going to do our thing, and then maybe, Hulk, you'll go do yours, like, a little later, and we'll just be behind you. But, like, let us do our thing, our cool, 
NWO, like with the times thing. And then you can go brother, brother on a promo elsewhere. I loved that. I thought that was like very smart of Kevin Nash. Yeah. Hall, Hall and Nash both spoke about that on like, there's been a million NWO documentaries at this point, but the one that like WWE put out, like maybe even the first one that they put out, they, they spoke about that of like, yeah, we had to tell Hulk like, Hey man, this, we ain't doing this WWF over the top brother say your say your prayers take your vitamins type of gimmick here like we're we're trying to you know play it straight play it cool like just like act like you don't care type of thing and hogan just he didn't get it at first he eventually kind of came around to get it until he's wearing hair pieces and talking about they i just came back from the hood where they're like wood you know you know something wood let me tell you wood he's he was calling himself wood in that promo, which it's before the, the Savage match at, I think, Halloween Havoc. And he just got off like the three ninjas shoot. He's wearing that terrible hairpiece and he's he's calling himself Wood in this promo. I'll never forget this promo. It's it's uh, it's absurdly NWO Hulk Hogan and it rules and, and sucks at the same time. Hulk Hogan uh, just uh, he launched it like a CBD line. Uh, with Ric Flair now, Flair, Tyson, and Hogan just sitting around smoking weed, taking edibles. I'm sure the stories that are told that are 90% not true uh, in that little powwow are are amazing. I wonder if maybe the CBD and the joints and the edibles maybe act as a little bit of truth serum. And they're just sitting, it's just the three of them. And Hulk is just like, brothers, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I never got asked to play bass for Metallica. And then Rick is being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Me neither. And then they all laugh. And that's the, that's the sit. That's the bit. And nah, it, it doesn't act as true. Now the lies get bigger when yes. those three are on these these drugs. Hogan's talking about how he slammed Andre, who is roughly three thousand pounds at this point, in front of three hundred thousand people. Flair is talking about selling out arenas and how he went three hours uh, and fifty nine minutes with Ricky Steamboat, and he didn't bleed at all and he didn't get tired and then he slept with about you know five dozen women afterwards like that's the that's the flair stories because they the the drugs just expand this stuff to become even just bigger lore and and bigger myths in their own mind tyson never lost to to what's his name he never bit holyfield's ear like none of that ever happened. We're in there in the drug that can I just get a podcast of that? I know, I know flair has been on Tyson's podcast and Tyson was blitzed out of his mind in that, which absolutely ruled. He couldn't remember a thing. I need flair Hogan and Tyson puff, puff passing on a podcast and just telling stories, brother. They're all lies. All of it's just going to be complete lies. But like, I need, I need this podcast to happen just for the absurd headlines I can get out of it. Hulk Hogan says when he slammed Andre the Giant, it caused an earthquake. Like 
just something, some absurd, absurd stuff like like that. It's like, you know what? On the Richter scale, it was very minor, brother. But they told me after that body slam in Michigan, they said I caused a 0.3 earthquake on the Richter scale. And if you weren't there in the arena, you didn't feel it. But I pro- that's what they said. I walked to the back and they're like, you know, that slam was so gigantic. That was a mini earthquake that just happened out there. Like we just see the most absurd stuff. Like that's what I want to hear. And you know what you call the show? You either call it the Puff Puff Pass Pod, and then everyone just pops their peas for twenty minutes, or you call it the Puff Puff Past Cast. And they're talking about old school stories from their from their kids, you know, from from when they were actively, you know, competing. Hogan's going to be on another show that That isn't ours uh, later today, which uh, I I look forward to the stories that'll, that'll come out of that. One of the greatest liars of all time. (laughs) I kind of give him credit. Would you have Hogan on this show? If we we were offered Hulk Hogan, would you want him to be on this show? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Why not type of thing? It'd be a why not type of thing and like i mean i i don't condone any of this uh this racist stuff that that he has done i think he's kind of a garbage human being in in many ways all of that said i am not defending any of that did i grow up a hokamaniac like a lot of kids did yes do i have you know photos of myself in the hogan shirt and everything yes I would like to ask him certain questions that I'm sure he will not answer. And I'm sure he would lie about. Um, I'd have him on this show. And I hope that our audience realizes we would not just have him on and be like, Hey, tell us about, you know, the, the bash at the beach 2000 when, you know, everybody's heard these stories. Tell us about Slam and Andre brother. You know, I'd ask him. Are you racist? <laughs> and the interview is over. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the end of the interview right there. <laughs> I love Brian Sullivan coming in and just be like, this is not the in the weeds talk I expected. This is literally us talking about wrestlers getting in the weeds while on the weeds. So here we go. Uh, by the way, if you're here and you're just catching us live, uh, go ahead and drop a thumbs up. Even if you're watching after the fact, that always helps us. A thumbs up here and a subscribe goes a long way. Uh, if you want to donate a super chat and uh, support us financially here at Viper Overbook, that also helps. It pays our contributors. It pays our people who do shows uh, on this channel who are not named Jeremy, Joel, or Kate. Uh, so go ahead and uh, and drop a super chat there. Uh, like Troy Pollock, who drops us a, a very nice super chat, says, won't cap, sorry, I just stumble over my words, won't catch much live due to chemo, and the Wi-Fi in that part of the hospital is Kate level, and we all know what that means. But thank you guys for the content. It helps more than you can imagine. Troy, I'm pulling for you i hope everything's great i hope honestly i hope the wi-fi gets better that's one thing you should pull the hospital to do is get better wi-fi but uh, but seriously we um we're lucky we're lucky you're here we're lucky you're doing okay and keep it up keep keep doing good okay that's yes, all thank we- you troy and and best of luck with, with chemo and just everything recovery wise uh that you're going through we're, we're pulling for you man and well thanks for tuning in you could 
be doing much better things with your life uh, right now. So thanks for thanks for listening to us and thanks for um, supporting us in that way. But we're we're wishing you the best, man. Good luck with everything. Absolutely. We have so much to talk about today. Uh, there's a ton of AEW stuff on the table because it's Dynamite tonight. There's a uh, big the talk about AEW Collision where the first announced uh, location is going to be. We have uh, a ton of press conferences that we can talk about that are coming up and what we expect. are just really clowning on the idea that there's three press conferences on Thursday, one on Friday, which is absolutely wild. Uh, and and then, what's, what else is on Thursday? Is Impact holding a press Impact conference on Thursday? Impact is doing a live press conference. At, oh my God! I have the I have the uh, thing. I was sent it by uh, by my pal George Iceman. He uh, sent it to me. I think it's at three p.m. So we've got three p.m. Yeah. So Sean's at oh, ten. Shawn Michaels at ten for NXT. Tony Khan's at two, and then Impact is at three. That's poor planning by Impact because. Tony's gonna go long. Like you gotta <laughs> put that thing at like you gotta put that thing at noon because Sean ain't going that long. Sean, I don't think actually likes doing these things. And he's like, yeah, I try to keep it like 30, 45 minutes max. And like he's done. Tony will say, Yeah, let's keep it an hour and then go for like an hour and a half. Yep. You can't do you can't do three o'clock. You gotta go noon on that thing. You just you gotta not do it. And the WWE has their press conference oh. on Friday in Jeddah. Should so we do? Should we do a media call on a Thursday night? I know you allegedly have to like watch Impact and do a post show, and there's allegedly an ROH show. Also, should we just do what time's ROH start? Seven five p.m. Eastern on Thursday night. The fightful overbooked media call. Can we not do it Thursday? Because that is my worst that's the worst time and date you could imagine you don't have to be part of this joel i'll oh. i'll do it and Seems i bad. have no idea what it's going to be no that's actually you do need to be part of it what do i pay you for if you're not going to be part of these media calls can we do it any what other you, time what do you do well, okay what time do you prefer not i don't even know anymore Thursday's it's got to be four. thursday that's the bit the, so the bit problem is, is thursday thursday at four i have to produce know your news for jimmy and that runs about an hour, let's say, total. So that goes till five. My kid comes home from daycare and I have to make dinner. So there's that. And then uh, after that is, uh, you know, put him down for, for sleep. And then I have to watch Impact. And order I have to dinner. Talk about you can order dinner. No. You don't need to make dinner. You can order dinner. My, no, who's going who's gonna to feed the kid? Somebody donate $10 so Joel can order dinner. If you Thursday. think Jim ten dollars to order in, you are sadly mistaken. How many people are you eating for? Well, at least three. Plus, we like leftovers. Don't be selfish and eat leftovers. Just take the meal that you're given and be grateful. There's starving kids in Africa, like starving Marvin, who can't get any meal and is traded for a Tyco sports watch. All right, so don't, be grateful. Are you gonna get? Uh, are you are you gonna get some Casa Bonita for me? Order some Casa, Casa Bonita. Yeah, it does. Cool. Anyway, the we're gonna, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna do a media call. I don't know if Joel's gonna be there because not at this rate. <laughs> Unless you do it early. Why don't you do it early on Thursday morning? I do a different show on Thursday morning. Uh, it seems like a problem we all have, not mine. 
I'm already bumping that show up. By the way, Spotlight is at 8.30 this week uh, on Thursday, so I can you know, cover the Shawn Michaels media call at, at 10 a.m. Like these are the sacrifices that I make for this job. Oh, we're going to, no, we're going to do it late. Let everybody else do their, you know, let Sean do his, let it impact whoever runs that thing, do theirs, let Tony do his, and then we're going to do ours. Who's running at noon? I assume nobody. Should we do ours at noon? Can you do, do it, it at, at noon? noon? Probably. I don't want to. I don't want to do it before Tony Khan. I want to do it after Tony Khan. I get Khan's it. Why don't you get him, get in before his bit, okay? Just take everything he will say and just spit it back like an AI bot before he says it. I was the Tony Khan AI bot before Tony Khan was an AI bot. It's true. It's true. You are the OG AI Tony Khan. AITK is Jeremy Lambert. <laughs> The show's been 15 minutes long and we haven't talked about anything so far. <laughs> That's fine. We talked about the press conferences. We talked about Hogan Flair and Tyson on, on weed. No one, no one covers no one covers WWE Hall of Famer smoking drugs like this show. I love listen, the, the, the viewership is still climbing, so clearly we're doing something right. <laughs> uh, 1125 Eastern, by the way, Andreas Hale joins us. He hosts Fighting Words on uh, Sporting News. He's co-host of the Corner Podcast, of course. You've probably heard that. And uh, Fight Nation on Sirius XM. So Andreas Hale is going to join us soon uh, at, at 1125. So about an, a little over an hour if you're watching us live here on Overbooked. Very excited to have him on. He's going to talk about uh, AEW coming to Vegas because he is stationed in Vegas. That is his, his turf. And uh, we'll run down Double or Nothing and, of course, everything that's going on in AEW in Vegas because they're taping Dynamite and Rampage tonight there. And there's going to be some newsworthy stuff coming out of there. So may as well start the speculation train now, Jeremy. Collision. Where's it going to be? Are we doing it at the United Center in Chicago? Are we going to, are we going to Daily's Place exclusive news? Sorry, getting a little in there. What's going on with Collision? Where, where are we going, Jeremy Lambert? Where do, where do we want to go for Collision? I can confirm. Someone's going to actually report this. I <laughs> Game over, man. Someone's going to do it. <laughs> That's AEW Collision. If it is not the United Center, it will be in Akron, Ohio, the home of of LeBron James who just lost and got swept in the Western conference finals. They feel so bad about LeBron getting swept that LeBron is going to bring the debut episode of AEW collision to Akron, Ohio. All right. Put bring, it out there. <laughs> bring my talents to Akron. I'm not bringing my talents. I'm bringing the talents of AEW to Akron and I won't be there. I don't know. <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, it's listen. There was the talk of Daly's place that seems to have been uh, rejected by a few different sources. So, someone was trying to tell me that Sean had also said Daly's place, and I just sit there and be like, "No, he never said that." Someone asked him where else they could do it, and he's like, "I don't know. They could maybe go to Daly's place because it's always available." That's not reporting. That is speculating. But uh, I don't see why it wouldn't be at the United Center. I don't see why they wouldn't do it unless the CM Punk stuff is really as bad as some people have said and that there are some, some issues at hand that are keeping him from showing up to work. I think it's going to be the United Center. Why they didn't announce it last week, I don't know. Maybe they're 
you know, there seems to be a little bit of a holdup with things and hopefully they got these things worked out and they're able to do it and go to the United center. Obviously if they announced the United center, that would be a good sign with the punk and AEW relationship, because I don't think they're doing the United center without punk. I will say that. I don't think they're doing the United center without punk. And so if they do announce, let's say daily's place, uh, then that's probably a bad sign for the punk and AEW relationship it feels like those are the two options maybe maybe they go to i i still want to call it the sears center i know it like got changed to a, a different name but that's a little bit of a, a smaller arena. yeah now arena yeah i know that's a, a smaller arena kind of same vicinity as united center it probably still sell like pretty well there um so maybe they go they but they're they're at the now arena like that same week aren't they for, for dynamite? I feel like they're at the now arena, like just after that. Um, just after, sorry, just after which date? Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Um, yeah. I'm just looking the, the, honestly, the only other place you could do it is you've got wind trust on the 21st, which is for dynamite and rampage. So you'd be running United center on the 17th and then wind trust three days later. At, wind trust. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Not, wind trust is like the middle of the road arena. Sears is, outside in Schaumburg, right? Okay. Um yeah, I was thinking of Wintrust, not not the not the now arena. Uh I know it was some someplace in the Chicago area. So maybe you can do the now arena for, for collision uh if, if that's available. But it feels like it's gonna be the United Center. And if it's not there, then yeah, I guess Dailies makes the most sense just because it is available and you're probably going to sell well there. That's a bad sign uh, for the, for the punk AW relationship. If you're going to dailies, I think it's, I, I think it's a uh, United center though. I, I think things are okay. You know, it's still going to be the, this next month might be a little touch and go with stuff. TM punk. You, you just never know quite what you're going to get with him right now. Uh, but I think they're going to announce the United Center tonight. It makes perfect sense to do the United Center. It's uh, I think something that's very interesting is Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics had mentioned that the ticket sales, the pre the pre sales are quite down for Collision, which was a show that was heavily hyped as the CM Punk show. And then when announced, well, the person whose name you affix to it is suddenly not there. So some fans are saying, "Well, why would I go? What's what's the attraction? Who's the draw?" And the guy that they've been trying to put as the draw isn't on the card. So if they do announce it's United Center, I would see an up, an uptick in sales easily. Uh, but if they don't, then they've got maybe a bit of a problem on their hand. They're going to have to sell a lot of tickets with a lot of really good announced cards or just big announced talent showing up at Collision. Because uh, if, you, if, if you're putting it on the back of one guy and that one guy is suddenly not showing up, you've got a big problem on your hands. He's showing up, right? Like, I don't see why not. I do not see why not. I mean, I see why not. There's, you know, there's what I reasons mean. Come on. for him to to not show up. I I decided to do a little investigative journalism uh, and just go to the United Center website and see if they have anything listed right now, and they don't have anything uh, for June seventeenth posted on their website yeah i thought maybe they would spoil their own announcement i also did the investigative journalism of just asking 
CM Punk on Twitter if he was going to show up. And uh, he he did not respond to me. But maybe, maybe we'll get there. 50 Cent is coming to the United Center on September 16th. That's a day after my birthday. Somebody buy me tickets to the 50 Cent tour. I want to go see 50 Cent. There you go. Go to Chicago. Go see 50 Cent. Um, yeah. The... <laughs> you know what you need to do, by the way? You need to take that tweet of yours. You need to send it to Pro Wrestling Podcast so they post it on Instagram and then they tag CM Punk. And once again, the Pro Wrestling Podcast beacon goes out and CM Punk replies to the uh, Instagram post. He doesn't do anything on Twitter anymore. He is an Instagram only guy. He joined Meta and he was like, I like Meta. I'm a Zuckerberg guy. I'm not an Elon guy. So I don't know what happened there. I, I'm gonna. I am gonna tag Pro Wrestling Podcast in this great tweet. I love you for that. That I had, and I was like, "Hey, post this on your Instagram page, and maybe CM Punk will respond." All right, hey, Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Podcast, great people by the way. Post this on your Instagram, so Punk responds. To it. Thanks! Exclamation point. There we go. Let's see if uh pro wrestling podcast takes, takes my uh, uh, call here and post just my tweet. That is not actually news. Like they, they usually do like they post news on their, uh, their Instagram page, but maybe they'll just post my random tweet and you know, maybe see a punk or respond to it. They're going to announce United center tonight. Everything's going to be great. It's going to be the biggest week in AEW history. Here is the question I really have. And I want to ask Andreas Hale this uh, about an hour from now. Does Punk show up this weekend? I've been thinking about that. I wouldn't do it unless he's merging right into main event traffic and he's going after MJF. If if the Pillars 4-Way opens the show... For some I reason, think, I don't no. think so either, but I'm just spitballing it. If Let's say if it does, then you, you bring out Punk right after that or midway through the show when MJF does something, whatever it is. It, it's one of those, if you do it, it's because the the the, the MJF Punk stuff is, is on. But otherwise, I would save it. I would save it till United Center. I would save it till, you know, June. It's only a few weeks away. June 1st is next Thursday. Like we are very close to a new month. So I don't see why you wouldn't try to get all the hype you possibly could for a huge collision debut rating and just leave punk off the broadcast altogether. Let the focus be on the pay-per-view. That's where my, I'm with, I'm with you. I think if they announce United center, then it's pretty like, that's your clue that CM Punk is showing up. And so much like they did with, uh, first dance and, and rampage they announced united center they never said it was punk but it was you know it was a given that punk was was showing up on this and then he showed up and it was great they popped the writing and everything and it was a, a big return i think you kind of play it the same way now i will say there is a little bit of credence to having mjf win in the main event of double or nothing and then i don't know if you play a voicemail like you did with mjf's return <laughs> that was so weird play the voicemail. let's hear the tony Khan voicemail to cm punk 
you know, Phil, it's been it's been a long couple of months. I hope everything's is cooled down. We'll bring back Ace. Whatever you need to do, you're you're no longer injured. You're healthy. I know you miss pro wrestling. I know you miss the pro wrestling fans. I know you miss the great fans of AEW. We want you back. We don't want you sitting out. You're making a lot of money to just sit out. You never lost the AEW world title. What would you like, Phil? Do you want Ace Steel back? We'll bring back Ace Steel. That's fine. You might have to apologize. We'll settle that at a later date. You might have to apologize. But we just want you back. The the fans of pro wrestling, the fans of AEW, myself, I want you back. What's it going to take to get you back? Come back, show up, double or nothing, show up in Las Vegas, and let's do the second coming. And that's the voicemail that plays over the loudspeaker after MJF wins, and the lights go down, and then the Rocky theme hits. And here comes, and here comes CM Punk uh, wearing, I guess he doesn't need to wear a mask. Uh, Maybe he does. Maybe he does wear the mask. But it's a Stallone mask. He's wearing a (laughs) Sylvester Stallone mask. He wears the mask. No, no, here, here's what it is. He wears the mask. And people, remember when there was that big controversy of, oh, ROH, uh, the gear. And no one gets the ROH gear. I don't get it. The 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 mask that he comes back in. Remember when he wrestled in a mask for like two matches in WWE and Big Show like ripped it off? It was like the straight edge savior mask type of thing that's what it is that's the mask he wears and then he takes it off it's like this is a reference to his straight edge savior mask in wwe and you got dorks online arguing about uh what it means it's like i don't get it oh i do get it type of thing and then that's how i get accused of not understanding the cm punk lore and i become the owner of fightful that's how that whole bit started as well because i'd never seen a cm punk match uh before his dog collar match against MJF. So he wears the straight edge savior mask and he comes out and he takes it off. And there he is. Then he goes like that. He goes like that. And then that's how double or nothing ends is CM Punk standing there going like that. And then MJF goes into the press conference and he's eating a pickle. And oh wait, they already did that bit. Never mind. Yeah, that one's gone. Sorry. Can't do it again. Sorry. Yeah. We're we're they're in Vegas. So he walks in holding like I don't know what's the most like Vegas thing you can eat drugs yeah i was gonna say <laughs> he's got one Shrooms? of those oversized <laughs> this is a bad thing to do on the air he's got one of those oversized... what was this joel what were you he's got an oversized just <laughs> this this is happening oversized novelty bellini you know how they come in those big long cylindrical things they yeah anyway buffets someone says he shows up with a buffet cart He's just eating and talking shit about punk. Uh, by the way, so you mentioned the uh, the the phone call idea. I think Sean on his on the uh, the AW post show on Dynamite post show, he made reference to a call that Punk and Tony had as like a positive thing. And now I'm just thinking about that as like Jeremy said it and it happens. I'm going to be like, oh god, the clues were all there. I hope to God. I don't know. By the way, I don't know anything. Please do not act like I I don't want to be a a journalist in that regard. I don't want to be a scoopster 
I do fake scoops and get in trouble for those. Uh, I don't want to be a real scoopster on on any of the stuff. I'm just throwing out my my dumb ideas, and then sometimes they they come true. So look, if they play this voicemail, if they play some voicemail one, I don't think it's a great idea. Um, if they do this, this was not because I knew anything. It was because I thought it was wacky and it popped me. And then for some reason, Tony Khan decided to to do it as well. Uh, oh, please, please don't, please don't put those labels on me of of a scoopster. Nobody tells me anything. <laughs> it's true. Ryan in the chat saying, "Now we know what Joel does in Vegas." Well, there was one time where there were a couple of women who came up to a friend of mine and I and tried. They did try, and they had one of those oversized novelty bellinis. My friend was very excited to uh, spend time with these ladies. He didn't know better. I did, and I was like, we're not doing this, bud. They didn't. They 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 certainly uh, looked like just two tourists on vacation, but there they there was a, was a whole thing, Jeremy. It was a whole thing. Let's tell this story. <laughs> this is much better than professional wrestling. <laughs> this was two thousand and seven. Okay. Yeah, we, went, we went to Vegas for five days. We stayed at Treasure Island, and he thought they liked. That's exactly what it was, by the way. He really did. Uh, yeah, we, we went and oh God, my family's watching. I wonder if they know the story. I think they do. I think I've told the story. But anyway, we're walking along the strip one afternoon. We're going just casino hopping, just you know, walking around enjoying the sights, and uh, just two dudes walking around, and then these two women come and talk to us, and they're just being chatty. And one is like the party girl and the other one is like the shy, quiet type. These are the personalities they're trying to put on. And then this shy, quiet one goes up to my friend who is kind of nerdy, shy, quiet looking. And then the party girl comes up to me and starts talking to me like, you know, where are all the parties? I was, I don't know. I, and I'm just playing like shy, dumb. I don't care. And then they switch the Party girl goes to my friend who wants to party and the, the nerdy girl comes to me suddenly because she thinks I'm the shy nerdy type. So they're like, Oh, we're going to go swimming over at our hotel. You want to come? And I'm like, I do not. I'm sorry. My friend's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I do. And I'm like, and I turn to him. I'm like, no, we don't. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. We got to get our swimsuits on. I'm just like, no, we're not doing this. So yeah, it's fine. And they're like, yeah, we'll come back to your hotel and then we'll go to our hotel. We're staying at the Aria. And I'm like, we're not doing this. So we go back to our hotel. They come all the way. They come up to our room because my friend is an idiot. And uh, by the way, the Bellini part is that they're trying to get him to have some of their Bellini. I'm like, this thing is spiked. Ain't no way. It wasn't spiked. Thank God for that. But uh, or at least one sip didn't do anything. But anyway, that's where the giant Bellini kind of ties in this whole story. Uh, so we go back to our hotel room because he was going to get changed and go. And I'm like, we're not. We're not doing this. We're, we're really not doing this. And they're getting frisky with him. Like they're trying to like undo his belt with their teeth and stuff. And I'm just like, this is awful. Then I'm sitting there on the bed. I'm on my phone. I'm like, this sucks. I know what this is. I do not like it. We have tickets to Cirque du Soleil. We're not doing this. Uh, And then what happens next? He gets changed and I'm trying to talk him out of it, but like not directly to that. I don't want to tip them off that I know what's going on. So as they go outside of the room, I pull him up, pull him aside. And I'm just like, give me two minutes. I, I, I said something like, oh, hold on. You know what? I'll come with. I will put on my bed. And I close the door and I said, we're not going. 
And he said, why not? I'm like, because they're going to jump you the second they get to their hotel. <laughs> and it's not going to be you they that jump. It's not going to be them jumping you. It's going to be someone else jumping you and getting your money too. He's like, you really think so? I'm just like, yes, I absolutely do. And so next thing you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to catch up with them. I, I, I know it's not that. And he opens the door and thank God they're gone. They had already left. And he's like, I'm going to go scale the, the, the casino floor looking for them. I'm like, you're not going to find them. And if you do, they're talking to somebody else. Long story. <laughs> yeah, we have. We really did have ticks to select. I um, I I got I got a, a bottle of something and I drank it in the tub that night. Uh, that that evening actually had had a few drinks. Uh, they had left. Everything was fine. So yeah, I got drunk in the tub and then we went to go see Silk. But I did not make it through Silk. I made it through the first five minutes and then left because I was like, I'm too drunk for this. We had third row seats to Silk Soleil. Gave it up because I got too drunk. What I heard in <laughs> this story is you were a coward and you did not want to go have a good time with this party girl and this shy girl. That's the story that I heard. Your friend was willing to take a risk and have some adventure in Vegas and you denied him of this. It was a joy. setup, Jeremy. It was a setup. You don't know this. These I am 100% sure that this was a setup. These women seem to have good intentions in Las Vegas. They were taking off his belt with their teeth. You do not do that to, to a man unless you have good intentions for him. Stop it. <laughs> there are going to be so many comments on this video being like, they did not talk about wrestling for a solid 28 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah. This is factual, by the way. <laughs> if Joel wants to tell me great Vegas stories, I'm way more interested in that than whatever his wrestling opinion is. Are you kidding me? I can go on Twitter and get his wrestling opinion all day. I, I definitely want his, his Vegas stories. That's what I'm here for. My parents went to Vegas when I was like, I was like 12. I've never been to Vegas, by the way. Uh, my parents went when I was like 12 or 13. Right. And, and they went and they had a grand old time, I guess. I don't know. They came back and my dad just gives me a bunch of call girl cards. <laughs> and I guess you just walk around in Vegas and people are just handing them out like here. You want a nice time tonight? Call they this are. person. They really are. It's that in strip club <laughs> matchbooks. They're just everyone's just handing and the, the flyers. It's a family city with like the seediest underbelly you'll ever see right up front. <laughs> So they hand me, my dad just hands me these cards. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these. I'm not calling these numbers. I don't live in Vegas. But I saw one of the cards and there was a famous British model on there. For people who do not know, her name is Keely Hazel. If anybody not has heard. Who are you thinking? I was thinking Lucy Pinder. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a top name out there. Her name is Keely Hazel, though. You can Google her if you would like. You can Google her on certain sites if you would like. Uh, but I noticed her on this little card here, and I knew about Keely Hazel because I had Googled her, and I was like, why is she on these cards? And then I learned that they will use... These famous people who may or may not be known in these certain areas and they to try to, you know, hey, these are the type of people 
that you can call and maybe you'll get this person. I promise you, you were probably not getting Keely Hazel if you called that number and tried to set up a date with those women. Uh, but I guess, you know, that this is now very commonplace of, of well-known of, yeah, they will use these models from other countries and, and photos to get you like, all of our women look like this. And I'm sure these are young, youngly, uh, lovely young ladies uh, just looking for a great line of work and just looking to pay off their education in this. I'm sure they are also not Keely Hazel. So that is my only Vegas story because I've never been to Vegas. I would like to go back to Vegas. Chi-Town Spurs with the Super Chat saying you have two kidneys for a reason, Joel. That's fair. You're a coward. That's why. <laughs> Jake Schwal in the chat being like, I think you told this on the OG gaming streams. I think I did once hey. upon a time during the pandemic. Tell us, because we had a whole bunch of weird stories, but yeah, and but I didn't go into that much detail. Uh, now I did. By the way, if you do collision, <laughs> I sorry, I have, to, I have to pivot back to wrestling talk for a minute. Uh, if you do collision not in Chicago, but you're in Washington for Dynamite and Rampage tapings three days prior. You can go in between there, which happens to be Cincinnati. Basically, you're in, like your neck of the woods. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm in Pittsburgh. It's like Pittsburgh shows generally do well. They were just here at Pittsburgh in like a month ago. So I don't know if they if they want to go to Pittsburgh, the wife just texted me and she said, I'm afraid if you go to Vegas, I have a great idea. Joel Pearl, a great idea that is 100% going to get approved when she hears this in two minutes on the delay. I'm going to go to Vegas with our good friend, Cassidy Haynes. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Stop it. Don't even finish the sentence. Nope. Nope. He will have to use a pseudonym while he's there. And I'm not going to say the name that just came to my head when I was thinking the pseudonym he would have to use because I am not that big of a How I Met Your Mother fan. So no, no, you're not bringing Cassie Haynes to Vegas. No. No. First thing she texted was just, nope, all caps. (laughs) We don't have the bail money. Oh, my good Lord. (laughs) I feel this is a great idea. What could go wrong with me and Cassidy Haynes in Vegas? Let me send Cass this link. No, Although I would love to. And just see. And just see. He's probably in his car. Probably, he's probably driving something. He's probably driving to Vegas right now to go to Double or Nothing. Actually, he may very well be doing that. He's like, what's up? I'm on my way to Vegas. He'll be like, good timing. Pick up Jeremy on the way. There. I just sent. I just sent. Uh, Mike says, have you heard any of Cassidy's travel stories? I've been part of some of Cassidy's travel stories. Okay. Yeah, I've heard them. I've lived some of them. Yeah, it's more like you survived some of them. <laughs> Yeah. You see him go to Waffle House with him. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. While you're doing that, do you want to should we stick with AEW or should we at least tee up a little bit of Night of Champions? Because uh Raw Ra- You're the host, Joel. You're the host. You whatever you want to talk about. So what do you want to talk about? It happened, Jeremy. You saw the clip. Brock Lesnar did the thing that I said he would do. Comes out after he 
beat Cody's ass, comes out in the middle of the show after telling Ali, get a get a life, kid, get a new job. <laughs> that ruled. <laughs> that ruled. I felt here's here's another story for for people. It, it, this actually has to do with wrestling. Uh, so we're watching Raw, and and uh, the, one of the kids is is up, and they they're telling us about they they saw the Guardians movie. I'm not gonna spoil any of the Guardians movie. Apparently, it's like sad. There's like sad parts of the Guardians movie, right? And so he, he's telling us about the the Guardians movie uh, that he saw and everything. Telling us about all the sad part. And Ali's doing his promo, and I'm like half paying attention to what he's saying because he's mainly talking to the wife about this. Uh, and I'm half paying attention to to Raw, and Brock just comes on and just bumps the camera, and she's like, "Get a life, kid!" And I'm dying. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm cracking up so much!" And the kid is like, "Jeremy, that's not very nice," because he thinks I'm cracking up at him, at him talking about the sad stories of the Guardians movie. And I'm like, "No, no, no! It's this. It's Brock being a jerk to Mustafa Ali, and he he thinks I am, you know, making fun of the sad stuff." in the guardians movie and i was not i let the record show whatever happens in guardians i'm sure that's very sad brock bumping the camera and telling mustafa ali to get a life hilarious absolutely hilarious brock comes out and he's he does this so what do you want to talk about and i immediately like oh i gotta clip the thing I toss it up there. Cody comes out. And it, so the, the the through line for Raw, which I appreciated by the way, having having a through line of story on your wrestling show always helpful. The through line for Rob was uh, was Cody getting that ass kicked and then refusing to seek medical attention for having gotten that ass kicked. And it ends with Triple H confronting Cody and being like, "It's your funeral." Not exactly, but him being like, "You should get medical help." And Cody's like, "I'm fine." And of course, everyone made the joke that Triple H walked up to Cody and said. So we can talk about that throne or what? <laughs> but instead, Triple H being the, I guess, older brother figure, because he couldn't be the father figure given the age difference. It's like 20 something years. Uh, that uh, not even 20. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how it ended was, you know, Cody's going to go and do the Saudi show, but he's going to be clearly injured. Uh, some people have come off and said, you know, this is, the only way that they can tell the Cody story is he's either Dusty's kid or he's injured all the time and overcoming adversity. Yeah. So yeah. where do you stand on this now, knowing that we're still doing Cody and Lesnar on Saturday at afternoon of champions and uh, that this is possibly Lesnar just picking the bones at this rate? I mean, we thought Lesnar was going to win anyway, because why would you do the rematch? It seems like you're going to set up a third one. Uh, so it does seem like Lesnar is going to win. Maybe, maybe he doesn't though. Maybe they do go Cody's injured and he still beats Lesnar. Like maybe that's the way they decide they're they're going to tell this story. Do I think it's great? No, just I, I don't like this Cody adversity stuff anyway. Um, I think Brock should win. Set up the third match. However, you're going to do that. I guess Money in the Bank. Is the is Money in the Bank the next pay per view? Is there one in in June? No, that is Money in the Bank is uh, early July, July first. Okay, so Money in the Bank. Um, I don't know if Brock's going to be in that. I don't know if Cody's going to be like in the Money the Money in the Bank qualifiers start on Monday. 
So maybe Cody wins and then Brock comes out and costs Cody his Money in the Bank qualifier match. And then you just run this back one more time at, at Money in the Bank. Um, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of Cody just like being injured and, hey, I'm still going to go out there and I'm going to fight this man and everything. And then I'm definitely not a fan of, I'm going to go out there and fight this man and I'm going to win. If you could be Brock Lesnar half injured and everything, like I, that's not adversity to me. You, you've won. You've overcome this man. Like losing to him and then finding a way to win later, that's the real adversity there. Like just, just like beating, you know, when he beat Seth Rollins with the torn peck, that just kind of makes you superhuman. And cool if that's where you're going to go. But they're trying to do, again, they're trying to make it seem like he's overcoming adversity, but it's just all hollow adversity because he just keeps winning. And that, that's why when you do these like injury stuff, it just feels very hollow of like, oh, look what he's overcoming type of thing. That's why I do think like the torn pet thing was actually when he had to miss the time. That was real adversity. That didn't feel very hollow. But then coming back at number 30 was like, ah, uh, okay. So it, it feels hollow if he just, he's gonna, he got injured, he comes in, he beats Brock. Look what he overcame. It's like, man, you write the television show. Like, you didn't really overcome much of, much of anything here. Overcoming would be, hey, you got your ass kicked after all of this and you lost. Now, how do you deal with that? There's a very weird story trying to repeat itself that shouldn't. And like you said, it's the, the torn peck was real. That was that was an image. That was a a vision, really. Yeah. When you when he took off that coat and he revealed all the 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 purple and the internal bleeding, and that was that was a moment. This is not. This was like you said, the first victory. Beating Brock Lesnar could have been enough. Unfortunately, because Cody is the type of guy who he 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 is he is um, Marty McFly or George. He's actually George McFly. Don't call me a chicken. Because that's what happened was Brock came out the next night, beat up Cody Rhodes, and essentially called him a chicken. And now Cody is saying, don't call me a chicken. I'll beat your ass at Afternoon of Champions. So for me, this is, it is a little forced. It is. But if the story is that the babyface, as stupid as he is, is willing to fight when called a chicken, then he's going to go and get his ass kicked and then they'll force a third match. It's not ideal. It's not the best. The match will be fun because it was the first time. They have to find a way to make it fun this time. And you know what? I wouldn't even have... Sorry, someone in the chat just popped me uh, with the Jewish reference. And they, if they went to Saudi and they did like that, the John Cena uncomfortable SummerSlam 20... Was it 2015 beatdown? Where Brock just completely demolished John Cena. And at one point, you're just like, he's got to end this thing. This is like getting... This is getting uncomfortable. If we can get to that uh, at, at Afternoon of Champions, that would make the match okay in my books. That we will do a rematch. We will do a third match, probably at Money in the Bank. The fact that they're doing qualifiers makes me feel like the big, big names like Cody, like Brock, need not be a part of Money in the Bank this year. You can do a Cody and Brock blow-off match whether that's Hell in a Cell, whether that's just a steel cage or whatever the story is, you can play it off in that UK crowd. 
Brock's got to be on the card because they're going to be international and Brock loves working the international shows. That's just that Brock is always doing the international shows that are not, you know, uh, not, not fun. Uh, he'll be there. So I would do Cody and Brock three in the UK and just get it over with there. Get, get that done. And then move on to SummerSlam, leave Cody out of money in the bank. Everyone who's saying Cody should win money in the bank, call a shot. No, don't need to do that. Let Cody get his way back in to the world title, universal, undisputed, whatever the hell, Roman's title picture. Uh, let him do that later, but we don't need money in the bank to get him there. So I see a third match. I see what happened on Raw as, as, as awkward as it was. I see where they're going with it. I just hope that they don't try to tell the same story that they did at Hell in a Cell 2022 with, uh, with Seth Rollins and the torn pack. I hope they more just have him show up get the shit kicked out of him, beat again. And then crisis of conscience. Cody's like, I did it once. This time I tried it again and I screwed up. I lost. I got beat down real bad, but it's not going to happen again. Yada, yada, yada. Maybe they beat him up so bad. There's a stretcher job. Takes time off. I don't know. But either way, he's just, that. that's it. That's, that's how they move on to money in the bank and do a third match. Do we think because of this Cody and Triple H interaction, there's been the theory out there that, Triple H has hired Brock Lesnar to take out Cody Rhodes. There's also the theory that Paul Heyman, who was a little giddy during his uh, speech of Brock Lesnar at the beginning of Raw with his visitor pass, did he, uh, you know, hire Brock Lesnar to take out Cody Rhodes? Because they're still trying to act like Brock doesn't have a reason for, for these attacks other than he's, Brock Lesnar and like whatever he's just gonna do what he wants anyway so do, do we think that maybe Triple H got in his ear maybe Paul Heyman got in his ear and that's the bigger story here so after Wrestlemania when this happened when Brock beat up Cody I said oh my god they're going to do a payoff angle like a literal we're paying you off to take out Cody I think we even we may have talked about it on this show or a show that we were doing where I said that if you want to get back, if the old man is back in charge, how do you get rid of the Roman? Uh, Brock can't challenge for Roman's title. How do you get away from that stipulation? Well, you pay him off so that you can take the title, take the uh, stipulation off the table. And that's how you get around it. Once again, this is one of those, they write the shows. Same situation. You can do that. Um, but I don't think that's what they're going to do here. Because now you got Brock firmly in the camp of a heel. You've got Roman, who is firmly in the camp of a heel on his show. Uh, although I guess Brock is a free agent. But regardless, it's it's not worth doing. It's not worth pursuing anymore because both men are very firmly in the camp of being a heel and doing a heel-heel match at even SummerSlam. I don't think people are going to be too invested in that. So, yeah, it's just kind of done. Brock can be like, I'm a piece of shit, and I did what I, I held up my end of the bargain, taking out Cody for you. Now I get mine, but then you're turning Roman and that's not a good idea. Here's what you do. No, stop. Here's, <laughs> Here's all my ideas are great. Why are you already poo pooing this idea before? Let's see. I got a pen, put this in pen, not pencil. Everybody wants the pencil. I want the pen. All right. Here's what it's more efficient. True. Here's what you do, Joel. Brock was hired by Heyman to take out Cody. Okay. 
Brock wins. Brock wins on uh, Brock wins on Saturday. He, he wins that match this Saturday against Cody. They do the third match at Money in the Bank. Brock wins that match as well. But Cody still gets the briefcase. Okay, Cody still wins the briefcase. It comes out that Brock was still hired by Heyman. Brock's like, I did my job. All right. You know, I took him out. Can't help it that he got in here and, and won the briefcase. That's not my fault. I didn't. Triple H did that. Then we can set up a Roman versus Triple H match down the line because everybody wants to see that again. Uh, you know, I, I can't I can't help that part of it. Brock's like, I'm I want my I want my what I'm owed now. I want what I'm owed. Okay. Heyman's like, all right, you are you you here's what you're owed. You're owed this title shot against Roman Reigns. Brock and Roman one more time. SummerSlam. Set it up again, baby. One year later. They did last man standing last year with the tractor. Everybody loved that, right? Set it up again one year later. Brock and Roman. Here's the twist. Big twist. Cody cashes in money in the bank. Okay. Gets himself into the match. I don't care if he does it beforehand. I don't care if he does it uh, during. Don't care. Okay. Gets in the match. Makes it a triple threat match. Listen, guys. Listen, all you people in the chat. Wait till you hear this payoff. Okay. Wait till you hear the payoff. Cash it in. Right. Cody comes in. He gets in there. Gets pinned. Double pin. Brock and Roman both pin Cody. And then afterwards, afterwards, Roman just hands Brock the title. He hands one of he hands one of them. I don't care which one. Hand him back the, the WWE title. That was the title he lost to him, right? Now we got three legitimate world championships and we've split the titles. And now we got two champions who don't show up. Maybe one who does show up. I don't know if Seth is doing movies or whatever. AJ's got, you know, he likes to go to his football games with his kids on Friday nights. I guess it's summertime, so he'll be fine. Uh, he's got a little while before that. And we get three, we get three world champions now. I think this is great. And Cody overcomes more adversity everybody because he's lost two matches to brock he is lost he is lost uh another world title match where he got double pinned by brock and roman and all is right in the wwe universe because roman has a title and brock has a title and that is how the wwe universe should be run if one man is running it Okay, but what if Brock hits him with the rubber chicken? That'd be fine. I'm down oh. with that. I don't know why everybody's so down on the... I, I'm being attacked for presenting new ideas. Jeremy on those Vegas drugs again. Oh, no. No, speaking of Vegas drugs. <laughs> Hello, Eggman. How's it going? I am the uh, new head coach. The Toronto Maple Leafs, apparently. You know it's a general manager they're looking for, right? Nope. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> what do we got? What kind, of, what kind of eggs do you have this morning? Oh, it's the same ones as last time. It's from Wild Egg again. All right. I'm talking like $20 for one of these omelets, which is wild because I read that I live in like a $12,000 house <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> but... it's <laughs> a nice house for $12,000. These eggs... Cost more than your car. 
and just going like that on uh, Twitter. <laughs> so much yelling. <laughs> well, the guy tweets like he's got a headache all the time. That's true. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. What are we talking about? What's going on here? Um, I just presented the greatest idea of all time. Where I'm sure it was. <laughs> we, we're doing Brock and Roman at SummerSlam for the first last time ever. Cody, cat, don't don't comment until you hear the full idea. Cody cashes in money in the bank to get into the match. Roman and Brock both pin Cody, and then Roman just hands Brock the WWE title. So now we have three world titles uh, floating around, two champions who are present, and Roman and Brock are champions, which is how the WWE Universe should run like this is this is my wwe i want my wwe universe back before this is you certainly the kind that you started to cover at first this is definitely i mean 2019 like a lot of people say oh what's the, the worst thing you've covered in wrestling I would say about 2014 is when I started to cover wrestling full time. So there was that very dark, like late 2015 period where everybody was hurt and Sheamus wasn't good, but he was winning money in the bank at that point. Like that was, that was rough. He's way better now, but late 2019, that was real bad because MMA wasn't good either. And I couldn't like just turn to it. I've got some interesting questions here. How did Sean end up with the Leafs and not the blue jackets or predators? I live about three. I lived about four plus hours from Nashville, um, about three from Columbus. But I have been to Toronto more times than I've been to Columbus or Nashville combined. Toronto is a second home to me. And do I have a Vegas story? No. Yeah, we were sharing Vegas sure. stories earlier. I had a, another great idea of going to Vegas with uh, the great Cassidy Haynes and just. Oh no. Like, vibing just vibing well, in vegas with cassidy haynes yeah, my wife story. immediately shot this down i've told this story before and it involves disco inferno oh yes oh yes i've heard this one yeah but i'm not gonna tell that one should i tell the jimmy havoc story jeremy oh man we can tell that one yeah i think you should, should i leave should i omit the other name because i'm not sure if he wants to be named I feel like Never. you've actually named the person before. Okay. Without I'll, I'll just do it. Story, and I, I hope he's not mad because he sent me a text yesterday and I love the guy. <laughs> In 2019, I was going to save this for an upcoming select series called Sean Ross Stories. But here we go. Uh, we'll, we'll cover the full we Vegas get weekend. We money out of people. Hey, uh, let's, let's, let's is... see. Remember when we did the SmackDown reviews and we'd oh, like, yeah. we'd tell like fight stories if we got enough money. Yeah. So now everyone knows sort of the, the setup. <laughs> for this so send in super chats so we that can was the, get the story. so that was the funniest thing with the Starcast thing last year where people were like that sean's never been in a fight in his life and i was like we made a whole lot of money just telling yeah. those stories after smackdown for a while <laughs> but i'm we're gonna do like a fightful select series eventually where we tell stories about covering individual events like joel will do it about montreal and and uh obviously the one the montreal everybody talks about elimination chamber not survivor series but. right but we were at Double or Nothing 2019, and for me, it was my first time covering stuff in person as well. I was very, very nervous. Um, I remember I went up to Mance Warner, and he was my first interview because I was like, he'll interview himself for a couple minutes. Cool. 
but Andrew Thompson was also there with me. And uh, I, I will not like be shy about this. Anything I could do to rehire Andrew Thompson, I would do. And we, before like a couple weeks ago, we hadn't hired anybody in a year. And I was still trying to rehire that guy because that's how much I want him as a part of our team. Love him. He's wonderful. He's everything that, that Fightful, you know, tries to be as well. And he was out there doing that work. In fact, one time he came to me and he's like, Sean, I think I'm friends with Nick Gage now. And I was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And then we go and we walk into the StarCast Hall. And I know that I said I wouldn't drop hep bombs on the show, but it's a quote from across the room. I hear, there's my fucking guy right there, Andrew Thompson. And I was like, I guess he's friends with Nick Gage now. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all right then but he did a lot of good interviews there he did he, he interviewed just a, a plethora of people he walked around he had a recorder he got some good stuff the last day we're interviewing jimmy havoc and this is before all the shit happened it's so loud in that room that you that i holding the camera can't hear him with his recorder and he asks him something like, oh, do you think you'll ever do anything with progress again? And Jimmy was like, I think he called him an idiot or something. And he meant it like sort of in jest. And it was funny because he had said like, oh, well, obviously they've got a WWE relationship. Don't be an idiot or something like that. And I could see in Andrew's eyes in that moment, in that moment, that if this interview didn't end very quickly, there was before there was a story about Excalibur whipping that ass. There would be a story about Andrew Thompson whipping that ass right there. Like I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I know something is going on there. And uh, that inter that ended, and Jimmy Havoc quickly saw that something was wrong, and he's like, "I was only joking, mate. Only joking, mate. Ha, ah, oi." You know, one of those sounded like salad fingers out here, but I thought one of our writers was going to beat the living shit out of the deathmatch guy on the floor at StarCast. And Andrew's a professional, a professional to like the highest degree. Uh, just look at who he surrounds himself with at post. They're, they're great people. But I thought in that moment, I was like, all right. This isn't going good. And I didn't know what he said until after the interview. And then I put the interview together. Like I edited it. And I think we like omitted it or something like that. I can't remember what we did, but it was actually very. Did it run? I don't remember I if like it, it ran. ran. I don't. I'm sure so. that I, I'm sure that I pulled it down when all the, you know, the bullshit happened with. with yeah. I don't know if it ran it. because Andrew sent me a lot of those interviews, pretty much all of them. And I, I transcribed a handful of them. And I never, I never got that one. I don't think that one ran. I could be sitting wrong. on our back end right now. It is all of okay. one minute and thirty four seconds, which tells you all that you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not remember it running at all. But yeah, it, I guess you clipped out what needed to be clipped out. Yeah, I think I did. But he looked at. <laughs> looked at the camera and it was like a joke between me you and andrew that screenshot of him looking at the camera like uh, <laughs> i'm about to hurt this man <laughs> and jimmy havoc was like drinking a beer too like i think that he thought that his little asshole humor translated to everybody it did not translate to him it did not at all and 
It could have been great. I, I, I used to I, say it could have been bad. It could have been great. I first off, I have two comments. One, please let me know what Andrew texted you. Does he want to come back? How can we make that happen? I wish. Two, it was um, the show and tell clip. Oh, Tina, the show and tell clip from from what show? Oh. No, I don't think I do know the show and tell clip. <laughs> Uh, it's a guy at a job site and he's filming and you can't see anything and he's getting fired by his, his boss at the construction site. And, and his boss is like, yeah, we can't have you here anymore. Uh, just too many people. And the guy goes, why don't you tell me why you really fired me? Cause I've been going to show and tell every Friday and seeing your daughter at the strip club. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the guy goes, come on, man, come on, man. And they start getting into it. And he's like, Hey, Get the fuck out of here. And he goes, all right, I will. And you know where I'm going? Show and fucking tell. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's an all-time classic. It's I've so never, good. I'm going to text Andrew right now and just be like, send me the show and tell clip. Um, second comment. I have a similar Andrew story, and I am not going to tell it on air. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> I can't. You, I think you know about it. I think you know about it, Sean. Me? I can't, I can't tell it because there are other people involved and it's not Jimmy Havoc or another wrestler or anything like that. But I've seen that same look from Andrew uh, when he, he felt disrespected and had to... It takes you know. a lot to get that out of him, too. He's the nicest human being, yes. man. He is. Like, Andrew's the best. Can we... I, I, I want to fire Joel. I fire literally everybody. Uh, I'll, I'll replace myself with Andrew. That budget ain't going to get made up with Joel. <laughs> That's why I said I'll replace myself. I don't know where I'm going, but I'll leave yes, to get Andrew back. Like that's, that's whatever needs to happen it's, to get Andrew back. That's it's a I'll running have. joke. I'm like, well, I'll talk to you in about three months when I try to hire you again. Yeah. Okay. Every single time, uh, you're like, okay, what can we do? I was like, can we just get Andrew? I don't know what we got to do, but can we just make this happen? I wish. I wish. That guy uh, transforms every new site that he becomes a writer of in, in a positive way. Best. Best. Y'all got to donate a ton of super chats so that we can make a play to get Andrew back. And then it's keep not, donating them. It's not it, that. Yeah, it's. Oh, I, know, I don't think it's the, the money at all. I think that he's just, he likes what he's doing at post and he yeah. doesn't, he's, he's good there. So, you know, more power to him for that. He should still come back here. Couldn't he have worked for a shitty website? That way we look yeah. better. I blame myself. I I blame myself for this because you know, when when he left, he was. I'm gonna send Andrew this link. He, I feel like he deserves to be here for for all of this. Um, I wish. I know. I know. I don't think he's doing don't, news today. So. Don't forget that Andreas Hale joins us in like 15 minutes, less than that. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. As we start inviting, Andreas Hale will join us in 15 minutes. This show is something else today. It's we very possible. Done... It is the morning where he is as well. So, ask him what he thinks <laughs> about the Men in Black album. <laughs> Which I finally got to explain that to him. I used to tell him I wanted him to review that album, and a lot of people in the service are like, "Oh, Will Smith, ha 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 ha." And I'm like, "No, that was like the first soundtrack that I had," and I was like, "Maybe." I was a child and I got exposed to like the roots, D'Angelo, Snoop Dogg, Nas, uh, De La Soul, Destiny's Child, Alicia Keys. Like there was a lot of, a lot of people on, 
the uh, Men in Black album that I discovered because of that, that I, otherwise I would not have heard in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, where I live in a $13.44 house. I didn't know Andreas uh, was like the editor for Hip Hop DX when I visited that site every day when I was in like high school and everything until recently. So I got two words for a, you. He is cool. <laughs> that was a, a cool connection. Back to I blame myself for Andrew being at post because when he left, he was like looking for work elsewhere and he's like, What do you think of this site? What do you think of that site? And I'm like, Oh, post would be good. Like they John Pollock's great, Way's great, like they do they good work. They have, you know, they don't just do a bunch of nonsense aggregation and things like that. Like it's very, you know, top tier kind of work. And I'm like, Yeah, you'd be you'd be great there. Then it worked, and now I feel bashed. I'm like, no, you shouldn't go there. Go to go to e wrestling or something. You, that's where you need to be. <laughs> e wrestling. I forgot yeah. about them. I only remember them whenever I have to hit them up and be like, "Why are you taking our transcripts word for word?" Oh yeah, I, I like gave up on just hitting them up because they just kept doing it. Same with the uh, ringside. I'm just like, they're just gonna keep doing it. There's. Did you see the no point the P PW Mania. Uh, engagement farming post yesterday oh god this from the fellow that's doing their interviews uh, which is the only reason i was familiar with his name is because I, I know who's doing every interview for everybody because i keep my eye on that but vince mcmahon deserves to have his story finished saw, okay yeah yeah i saw that yeah. it, no, it notably omitted one part about why he left <laughs> Well, we can't there know for no sure mention. why it happened, Sean. Right. Why did we know? He's decided to retire. That's right. My job very interesting. I'm going to fly off into the sunset. Uh, Caden with the Super Chat saying, Sean, I think we have the same jersey. I don't so think that's true at all. Probably. probably yeah, I don't, as I say, I don't think that's true. If you, if you do. <laughs> that's a little weird. Don't ever come back. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little weird. I had that. I wear. Um, I have eighty eight, like like Sean with his uh, years. Um, Not eighty eight on. Oh yeah. Uh, please don't try to get me fired. I have eighty eight on my jerseys for for my birth year and everything. And I have a eighty eight Panthers jersey. And I was I was out somewhere. I was working, and Greg Olson but wore eighty eight. up. <laughs> Greg Olson wears eighty eight, and I was like, oh, I think I have that same jersey. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you don't because I had my last name <laughs> on the back of it. So, yeah. Hmm. Who wore yes. 94 in Toronto? Who wore 94 in Toronto? Was, no, know. Gilmore wore 93. Sean Ross Sapp. Well, pretty soon it'll be me wearing nine because this <laughs> fanatic site sucks, man. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. Who wore number 94. And it's so funny. Jimmy has a friend there, so he won't shoot on him on the air. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I don't know Go anything figure. about this. When's Jimmy going to buy the Maple Leaf so I can be the general manager? I would be the general manager. You don't know anything about hockey. And I think we missed that super chat. I don't want he would. Well, oh, yeah, just, instead of you, he would go. Someone peripheral that knows me, but is from Toronto. That has been on Fightful before. Alicia Atut. Oh, I thought you were going to say Showdown Joe. Is he from Toronto? Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. Sergey Berezin, by the way, wore 94. 
Oh, okay. Did I ever tell you the Glover Teixeira Showdown Joe story? Yes. I mean, you can tell it again, but That's I have okay. heard this. Because <laughs> <I'll do that. laughs> I, I, I think you told that story, and then I told you my Glover Teixeira story yeah, of right. he went into me and Larry Zonka were hanging out. Uh, Larry, Larry the legend. Oh, absolute legend. Yeah, Glover asked where we wanted to eat. And so your story is very similar of, of uh, going to like a diner or something with Showdown Joe and Glover to yeah, share, right? you know. No, Joe was at a media day. And to the best of my knowledge, he was like, Joe, what are you doing this weekend? And Joe goes, man, I'm putting together my deck. And he's like, no, my friend, we're putting together your deck. And he came <laughs> over the next day and built a deck. Showdown show. He loved to see it. I ain't putting. I ain't putting together my own deck. Yeah, we're trying to get somebody to to fix our deck because it's in ruins out here. Give me another race so I can buy put a deck together for my family. Don't you know I live in squalor? (laughs) I can't be doing this. It's funny. I lived in a fifty-seven thousand dollar house like a year ago. Why didn't they track that one down instead? That would have been a, a lot better for the content. <laughs> there the was sink- an actual sinkhole there. Oh, these, the sinkhole ate it up. It doesn't exist anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I was told by somebody that the sinkhole might be in relation to it formerly being a part of the Underground Railroad. And I was like, well, that, that would be a lot neater had I known that fact before the sinkhole. Like That would have been a little bit more uh, useful. Because at least uh, then I could have news, not the sinkhole itself. Yeah, the sinkhole's not going to be useful whatsoever. But no. oh, I got a fruit cup too. You guys, oh, that. <laughs> I love that this is probably Sean joins us for his breakfast. I don't eat breakfast till like eleven, man. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do the intermittent fasting so uh, I can oh, yeah. beat up Shaza some more whenever I feel like it. So I'm trying to only eat between like. 11 and 6 or 11 and 5, whatever it may be. I need Shaza to get announced for the Girls Next Door card in Toronto on Forbidden Door Weekend so that her and I can get together and plot your demise, Sean Ross App. Ain't happening. All right. I I think I can get Shaza to beat you up too, Joel. Probably. You're on a warpath. It's a literal I think I could get her to beat you up. I, yeah. Yeah. It's not that hard, but it's not important. We're not doing this. Stop trying to get people what to do beat. You mean? Up. We can put that. We can put that on her on her uh, OnlyFans and just mm-hmm. make some money off of that. Somebody would be into that. Did I could see I could. my amazing promotional tweet with her yesterday. Yes, that was something that was phenomenal. I saw somebody rage tweet about it. They're like, "Did he touch her thigh too?" Why are y'all fantasy booking my my wiener all the time? That's very weird. I don't get it. It always it can always get weirder. Sean, can I have this weekend off? No. <laughs> no, that sucks. <laughs> can I? No, that ain't gonna happen. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, try it, try and try it. Whatever, at least I get to tell people that if they watch the uh, Impact Under Siege post show, we're doing we're talking about the show that's actually live. Are y'all that doing will, what that will have been? Yes. The plan is on, on Friday that. evening. Myself and Cresta will talk about Under Siege. 
Jensen okay. only joins us for the pay-per-views. Oh, he's yeah. big timing, y'all. Oh yeah, I know. He big timed us immediately. He was like, yeah. nah, I'm good. Like, he's nah. like, I ain't watching that Impact Plus nonsense. But it's fun. Reminder, <laughs> folks, Andreas Hale is going to join us in about five minutes to talk AEW Double or Nothing. And we're going to have a Fightful Overbook media call on Thursday at time to be determined. Maybe 5 p.m., maybe 6 p.m., maybe noon. I don't know. But we're going to do this. It's going to be a disaster, but we're going to make this happen. Which one of y'all are jumping on the uh, Triple H call tomorrow? Uh, I have a show. It's a Shawn Michaels call, isn't it? Is it Shawn or whatever? Yeah, it's Shawn Shawn tomorrow and Triple H on Friday. Someone should do it. What are you doing tomorrow? It's Triple H. Yeah, Triple H do them on Friday? Oh, yeah. On Friday, they're doing a Saudi one. Yeah, they're doing yeah, yeah, a yeah. press conference. Okay. Joel, yeah, what are you doing so. tomorrow at 10? Jump on the Shawn Michaels media call. Yeah. Get your feet wet. What's tomorrow? Yeah. Thursday? Yeah. yeah. Think of an excuse real quick. <laughs> My child. Say kid. Yeah, just say kid. That's been the <laughs> My best. My child is going to fall down the stairs and I got to be there. <laughs> That's been the best excuse ever when I need to get out of something. I'm just like, oh, no, kids got something coming up. That's how I get out of all the work that I don't do. It's like, oh, the kids. Kids got something coming up here. See, I can't do that this. as easily because my kid's only 14 months old, so he's not so, exactly doing many things. Say uh, sick. Just say well, sick. I already have to go to the doctor. Why are we discussing the excuse in front of me? <laughs> I just assume you don't pay attention to me like the chat where I do all these articles and then you're like, hey, did this get done? It's like, yeah, like three hours ago. Once I tell you the process of who's been feeding me ideas for that. I know the wife said she was going to start feeding you into like, tell Jeremy to do this, even though it was already done. I already know that bit. Oh, the bit, the bit she, she sent me that I was doing was way better. She said, here's the bit. Just go down his author page in reverse order. (laughs) Start sending everything. Why is she against me? Because she's amazing. That's why. I mean, that's factual, but why is she against me? I'll say this. It wasn't a hole in one, but it was a solid birdie there. I can't give her golf skills any credit yet. You have to stop burying my wife's golf skills. No, her and share with those clubs were like, bam. <laughs> They, if it were chopping clubs. wood, if yeah. they were chopping wood, we'd have been cooked. But it wasn't. Man, they were bad. You know, why don't you put Paul Husky on the NXT call? Really, really show them. Oh boy, that sounds like a horrible idea. Right, that's why we I just wanted. listen. We just got them to mention our name, like on the broadcast. <laughs> <True>. like, <laughs> My God. I said, hey, guys, I'm coming over to the UK. And they said, we will gladly accommodate you. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? What's <laughs> happening? And now, now y'all want me to put Alex on the, on the call. Yeah, I mean, it would be like funny. Have him do a voice. How close are we to uh, Andreas? Because I don't want to go into his time. Uh, he said he was going to join us shortly. He just messaged okay. me. So. Yeah. We have we so had him you- at 1125, so. Yeah, yeah, I do find it funny. So whenever people cancel Patreon, they have an option to list like what it's going to be. And I'm the only one who sees those. I'm the only one who reads them. But a lot of times it's like, oh, Alex. Ah. I'm like, you, you can just <laughs> scroll past. It's a bit. It's a bit. 
it's is not it, only is it? a lot of it to me it is <laughs> i mean to me it's a bit to me it's a bit because yeah it's a that bit ain't, much that ain't the type of reviewing that i want to do but <laughs> i'm like all right if people want somebody that rages but doesn't like say anything personally harmful we can do that I thought about have, uh, giving him an, uh, an AEW show on Select, too, but... Didn't Joel pitch that? Joel pitched AEW Sour I Grab. Pitched a sour I grab. mean, a lot of people have. But a you lot know, of people have. But you know who's really good at it right now is actually uh, Jimmy Mecrum over on True Heel Heats. He does yeah. one with, with SP3, and he's, he's funny. He's good stuff. I put him over for that. That's so SB3 like, always mentions that, that show, and he's like, yeah, Jimmy just can't stand AEW. He just wants to, <laughs> wants to bury it all the time. Yeah, it does, and they do a good job. The show is wildly entertaining, but uh, there you go. If, you ever, if you're ever looking for a, a Sour Graps AEW guy, because you've got Alex doing the Sour Graps uh, sure. AEW show, or the regular AEW show. So there's, there's your balance. We need more SP3 on all of our channels, too. Well, SP3. we need less Sean Ross Sapp, because you all have an honest-to-God guest. That's very true. Coming I thought you were going to stick around and say his hi. own time. <laughs> What's that? I thought you were going to stick around and say hi. You, I will you say I, hi. You... All right. Hello. We'd like to welcome in our guest for this show that I absolutely host and did not run in on. You guys, do you guys want to introduce him to your job? And Joel has a proper introduction lined up, I assume. And then Sean just brings him I on. I wouldn't this count way. on that. That's what happens. Uh, no, he's the host of Fighting Words on Sporting News. He's the co-host of the Corner Podcast and, of course, Fight Nation on Sirius XM. He is a wonderful, wonderful talker of sports, and we have to have him here to talk about AW Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. Andreas Hale is here. Hi. How are you? Good to see you. Wait, that was an introduction. Uh, thanks, Sean. Hi. Thank you for sticking around. You, you I, leaving I just, me now? I only stuck around to stay, say hi to you. I'm not in town this that's, week, that's but uh, unfortunately, yeah. I was about Vegas out, man. Like I've, it, I, it's a young man's game out there. I know, and when I, I live here, I and I'm over. Oh well, you enjoy being at home and not being in Vegas for double or nothing this weekend, because uh, beautiful Lexington, be Kentucky, where <laughs> hotel rooms are not five hundred dollars this week. This is, <laughs> I see people tweeting Tony Khan. They're like, "You wonder why tickets aren't moving? We can't afford it. The flights so you, are you insane." Before I could even say it, this is problematic. When I saw they were what? doing Memorial Day weekend, I was like, have you guys thought about, you know, announcing this card in advance so people could save their money? That's the yeah. challenge. Flights and rooms are insane. It's Memorial Day weekend. The pools are open. Parties are going on. There's all kinds of stuff going on here. The Golden Knights are in the playoffs. WNBA starting. Nobody's trying to spend $600 for a hotel room for one night to go to double or nothing, especially if you're trying to do dynamite. And double or nothing means you got to be out for a week. People can't afford that. And and to a smaller scale, that happens in Chicago with Labor Day because Chicago is a travel hub through Labor Day weekend. It happens all the time. And I understand Tony Khan does not have to worry about money or anything like that, but his audience does. And that's that's like the biggest thing that I look at. And I'm like, just do it a week later or a week sooner. Uh, I mean, doing all in when they're doing it. I think that's a smart idea. I think All Out should probably be that weekend and maybe switch it up a little bit because I'm, I'm not going back to Vegas for a while. We got Nashville. It's Southern Vegas. Like, we, we, don't, need, we don't need regular Vegas. <laughs> we don't need All that. Right. 
if we, you say so, we don't so. need we don't need <laughs> actual things. We've got Nashville. It's called well, Nash Vegas. Mean, I mean, some people it call is. it that. Yeah. When you're driving down there from Kentucky, like you'll pass like four or five bachelorette parties on the road as it happens. Like it's, it's, yeah. But it is. It is like Southern Vegas now. But then where like Impact has their shows, it's completely out of downtown and everything like that. It's isolated from the rest of the the city and all that. But yeah, it's a good time. But Andreas, it's great to see you. Yeah, it's great to see you too. It'd be nice to see you in the flesh, but we gotta tell Tony stop doing Memorial Day weekend cards because <laughs> we gotta. True wrestling fans can't pay for this shit. It's absurd. <laughs> I know. I'll probably be it all in and all out. I'll see you guys later. Bye, Sean. Bye, Sean. Thank you for your egg egg cameo there, Andreas. Thank you for joining us. Uh, that <laughs> was not me. how. <laughs> Our show's been off the rails today. Uh, that was not our typical intro, but thank you for joining us. Let's let's jump in and start kind of right there. The gates and the attendance for this one, a little down from last year where Hangman Page threatened the first million-dollar gate uh, in AW history, but it still happened. You know, they run Memorial Day weekend every single year. You mentioned a couple of things. The Vegas Knights are in the playoffs. The Golden Knights are in the playoffs. Um, the, the WNBA is starting a ticket prices card. What do you think the, the factor is in all of this? Cause I can't chalk it up fully to Memorial day when this has become a yearly staple for AEW. No, it's the lateness of announcing this full card. The fact that nobody knew who was going to be on this card in advance. So they could go, I want to go to this because it's not novelty anymore. We know double or nothing is coming. And then you can say, I'll see it next year. Obviously last year, we didn't have a double or nothing in Vegas the prior year. So it was like everybody was coming back. Pandemic was over. Everybody was excited. Now, this year, you look at it, everybody's even more excited just to come to Vegas. But if you don't have a card announced and your main event is a little shaky, if we want to be honest, and you've announced FTR versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, that's not getting people to jump out of their seats to come to the show. It's not getting people to travel halfway across the country. Not to mention, like I said, I don't know how they booked this, but with Dynamite Rampage being tonight in Las Vegas, and then you have this five-day gap with nothing going on. Yes, you have the Fan Fest on Saturday. But if you're a fan and you wanted to do all of those things and make it like a, a weekly thing, like you want to stay out here for a whole week, you can't really do it because what are you going to do for the other four days? So all those things factored in are the reasons why I believe that ticket sales are down. Um, because, again, last year when we had Double or Nothing in Vegas, we had the card announced a little bit earlier. And we knew what the main event was, and it was a very hyped main event. This one doesn't have a lot of momentum. And we, we I know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it feels like it's the Darby and MJF show and Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara just kind of there. Yeah, just kind of piggyback on your point. Originally, Rampage was going to be a live show, and then there was a whole snafu with the venue, and things got changed up. So you're right. It does create a huge gap. FanFest can only give you so many people to, to stick around and want to be there from Wednesday all the way through Sunday on a very expensive weekend. Uh, talking about the card, I, I guess I'll just ask you straight up, you know, what's missing from the show, but also what's massive for this show? Oh, man, what's missing from the show? What's missing in the show is it being announced early. But more importantly, what's missing is a lot of the payoffs that we anticipated. We haven't heard anything about Swerve and Keith Lee, which feels like it's been going on for an eternity. House of Black feels like they should have a better feud. Anarchy in the Arena feels like it should have been announced a while ago because you knew it was coming. You know, you could have kind of played around with it, at least made the announcement. That feels big. And that was the most fun I've had at a wrestling show. And I've been to a ton of them. When I was at Anarchy in the Arena last year, 
I was thrilled. The, you know, everything was in the crowd, wild things playing through the arena. So I'm excited about this anarchy in the arena. But it feels like it's missing good storytelling to get to the show. As, as a wrestling fan who's like just was coming off this phenomenal bloodline story heading, heading into WrestleMania, it almost didn't matter. Of course, we want to see great matches, and that's what Tony Khan does. He gives us great matches. But we don't have great connective tissue with the stories. None of these stories are truly exciting us. I mean, the biggest story is the Pillars story. At least that's supposed to be. It's the AEW world title out there. It's the Pillars. They've been dubbed this. They were there from the start. What, in your mind, is missing from this pillar story, because I think you share the sentiment of a lot of fans, uh, certainly myself included. There's definitely something that ain't connecting the way I'm sure AEW hoped it was going to connect with the audience. Yeah, I think when they booked this, they was like, you know what would be great? The four pillars, the, the foundation. But do you know how much the pillars have changed over the past couple of years? You guys, guys like Ricky Starks coming in who felt like he was a major player. And we'll talk about consistency with booking as well. It gets very strange on how consistently they'll book and act, and then they'll just kind of fall to the background. But these four don't feel like the pillars that they were originally. And it feels like MG <clears throat> excuse me, MJF kind of cannibalizes everything. <clears throat> More importantly, uh, Jungle Boy getting kind of beat up by Roosh last week doesn't help give him momentum. Samuel Guevara doesn't really have a character. He's a guy who does amazing moves, but he doesn't have anything, any stickiness to the other three. And uh, again, it feels like Darby is really carrying this event, but it doesn't feel big. It doesn't it doesn't feel like what they imagined it would be, because, I mean, you can't tell me right now that these are the four pillars of AEW. If you saw somebody that just started watching last year and you said this is the foundation of AEW, it would have been like, nah, I can see MJF, maybe Darby, but the other two, I can't see that. There's a, a looming question over AEW right now, and that's the CM Punk side of things. Uh, do you think that the uh, the announcement of the first Collision show, if it ends up being Chicago and people start talking about CM Punk again, do you think that lends more tickets or more eyes on Double or Nothing? Or are people just looking past Double or Nothing and saying, when's my CM Punk coming back? Yeah, they might be doing that. I mean, it'd be, it'd be great if he, you know, if we got a surprise, I like surprises in pro wrestling. I don't like to know shit. I like to walk into things and feeling like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Surprise me. When Moxley arrived at the first double of nothing, uh, everybody was surprised and thrilled and it gave you momentum heading into those other shows. If they announced that this Chicago show is collision, everybody's going to be looking for CM Punk and they will look right past the show. Because again, double and nothing just doesn't feel big this year. And we all can agree when the bell rings, the action is going to be phenomenal. We know these matches are going to be great. But it just doesn't feel big. It felt like a lot of attention has been paid attention to CM Punk coming back, his pending return, more so than building out a world for this card to exist where, again, it's enticing on a number of levels. House of Black is one of the best presentations that we have in pro wrestling right now. And why don't we have any momentum with a true feud with them? It doesn't feel like there's, any, again, no stickiness to it. Nothing that I'm looking forward to. FTR and Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Look, I love Jeff, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And ain't nobody asked for that. Nobody on the planet asked for that match. And it might be great, but we know there's so many. Like, even the tag division is not what it once was. So I feel like if you announce collisions in Chicago, everybody has, has that expectation. It takes another element of potential surprise away from Double or Nothing. If CM Punk doesn't show up at, at Double or Nothing, let's say all the action is great, the matches deliver, but there's no CM Punk. Is the show a disappointment just off of that? 
No, no. Uh, personally, I'm not expecting CM Punk to arrive. Uh, okay. I think we've all gotten into our heads, especially those who watch AEW regularly. We know the action is going to be good. So as long as the wrestling is good and it's not like a six-hour marathon, I think we're going to be okay. Um, but the letdown has already happened in terms of building to the car. That's the only issue that I've had with this. That's the issue that will come out of this. We're gonna. We hope that there's gonna be some kind of reset with Collision happening on Saturday. I don't know what Rampage is about to become. Is it gonna be their, like their main event? Is it? Gonna, I don't know what it is anymore. But falling out of that, it feels like we can fall into a new era of AEW. But regardless of what happens, the disappointment was building the card. Unless the action is trash, which I don't anticipate, I think we'll be fine with the card. And it doesn't need a CM Punk debut, a Reed debut. But if we had them, it'd be great. It'd be newsworthy. But I, I want to ask you guys this. Does it feel like CM Punk is almost eating the entire world of AEW? Like there's so much attention on him coming back that it's pre- maybe it's preventing other things to, from flourishing. There's a lot of talent. Again, I talk about somebody like Ricky Starks or Powerhouse Hobbs who dropped the TNT title, which I never understood why they didn't do Warlow and Hobbs here rather than on TV. But it feels like all the attention on CM Punk is like sucking the air out of everything else they have going on. Do y'all agree? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think in some in some ways, yes. In other ways, I mean, Tony's just got to get get stuff to, together a little bit better. I, Ricky Starks is a big one, big proponent of Ricky Starks. Swerve and Keith Lee, CM Punk has nothing to do of why this match has not been blown off in, in three months. No now so there some ways yeah i think the pillars it does kind of overshadow some of that but in other ways just you just got to book book things a little bit better and a little bit more uh cohesive joel you're about to say something so just kind of piggybacking off of your point jeremy the booker is the same person who's dealing with the situation at hand and that's trying to bring back cm punk and as a result if you are doing literally everything it's the spinning plates analogy that i use here so many so so many days of the week when we're doing this show he can only spin the plates for so long until they start wobbling and then he's got to go back and spin them again this is these are plates that are currently about to fall when it comes to the booking of the show and getting people amped up for more than just the match itself get us into the storyline get us into the actual event uh i think andreas was great saying you know they haven't built a world in which this card exists i think it's a perfect way to put it and then the cm punk stuff just kind of exists as like this overarching you know this is the guy he is the guy but we have an entire card of people who are not him that should be absolutely focused on you. They Wednesday shouldn't be about where CM Punk Wednesday should be about what's going on for the next two hours with my AW world champion, my TNT champion, my TV, all the champions, all the stars of the show. That's where you should be focusing your time. And you're not getting that as cohesively as you would if you weren't so focused on getting your plus Delta back in the fold. I have a question about just Vegas in general, Andres, is it a wrestling city a wrestling town because you've covered a lot of boxing you've covered a lot of mma and like it's the fight capital of the world according to dana white and everything but wrestling wise yes the first double or nothing did well it was the first AEW pay-per-view the last one did well coming out of two years missed with the pandemic like wwe tried to run allegiant last year and they had to go into i think mgm because it wasn't selling as well this one not selling as well is it like is it a wrestling town basically it can be. So let's talk about the uh, Elysian show. That was Money in the Bank that ended up at the MGM. Yeah. They went head-to-head with Dana White that night in the UFC. Yeah. You can't do that, right? Like, you need to pay attention to what you're booking. It's Vegas, but 
you, some people will think there's not a lot of crossover, but if, I, if I'm in Vegas and I have to choose an event to go to, not a fight, an event, and the UFC treats their big cards like events, I may choose that over going to a stadium show at Allegiant with, for pro wrestling. So you have to kind of pick your dates and your locations wisely because you have to rely on the locals rather than people that are flying into town on a particular weekend. Because again, something like Double no- uh, Nothing, as big as it is, there's too many people coming to Vegas this weekend. It's just way too many. So it's going to hurt the card overall but it can be impact does great here when they do their shows over at samstown which is like way off the strip uh when gcw comes through they do great shows fsw does great shows here so it can be you just can't compete up against big fights because it's the fight capital of the world so you got to pick your spots wisely now if i'm coming in for double or nothing you're in vegas where do i have to go to eat Let's say I'm on a budget. Oh, I'm man. on a wrestling fan budget. Give me one place because maybe people are watching that are like, I'm coming to town. I got to know. Yeah, that's good, man. I'm, I'm a big brunch guy. Anybody who knows me and Kel Dansby from the Corner Podcast, we talk about brunch. So like everywhere I go, I look for a good brunch. I got a spot out here called Mimosas. And it's called Mimosas because the mimosas are like the size of your head. And they have a, multiple different flavors. The breakfast is fantastic. It's a great brunch. And it's not too expensive. Um, stay off the strip. I'll say that to anybody. Just stay off the strip. Because everything's overpriced on the strip. Border Grill has a great brunch. It's a Mexican place out here. But it's, it's way too expensive. So there are other spots that you could pick that are off of the strip. They are um, Lotus Asylum. There's a, if you like Thai food, uh, let's see, uh, there's a few. Naked City Pizza. Oh, Naked City Pizza in Vegas. If you're looking for a good pizza, it's right off the strip. It is mwah. It's delicious. And it's cheap. It's fucking pizza. Like, you can't go wrong with that. But... <laughs> Vegas has great food. Just when you're here, just stay off of the strip because it, they will annihilate your pockets. Great advice. <laughs> We've talked about the pillars a little bit about uh, anarchy in the arena. What else from this card kind of kind of stands out to you? What else is there? I mean, we just announced Jade and Tyre, right? And yeah, like, we have Adam Cole, Chris Jericho. The one that I, like stands bro, out in a bad way to me. Go ahead. Before you, I am so uninterested in Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. Like, having Roderick Strong win, why? What? Chris Jericho, okay. We have diminishing returns on Chris Jericho going over on Chris Jericho because he loses, like, all the time now. He lost to Ricky Starks, and for no reason, Ricky Starks was like, I want a rematch. Why? You already beat him. Then you beat him again. Diminishing returns. I get it. Adam Cole and Chris Jericho sounds good on a marquee, but in terms of what it does for Adam Cole, absolutely nothing. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I had to get that out there. But oh, here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it around. It's an unsanctioned match. So when the wins lost, <laughs> but this is why they're going to flip the story on its head in that Jericho typically doesn't really give anybody much after they're done with him, right? That's been the story. Uh, Jericho's going to win this match. And then Adam Cole might actually go on and challenge for the AW World Championship because oh while God. he lost, it doesn't affect his win-loss record. So this is a very strange world that they've set up for this uh, this particular match and moving forward. Ugh. I had to put yeah. it out. Uh, thank we, you. We have, a match that, <laughs> we have a match that <laughs> I don't completely understand. This is one where I'm like, okay, where is Swerve and Keith Lee? Ethan Page and the guns against the Hardy Party where if Hardy Party wins, Matt Hardy gets... Ethan Page's contract. I we had the firm deletion. Weren't they deleted? Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I'm I'm also disappointed that firm deletion was on Rampage, and it could have been like on the buy-in for this. 
it gives something for people to do as they're coming in late or, you know, it, coming in the really late, you're watching on the screen, you're buying merch, you can see it. The action's not in the ring, so it's totally okay. If I'm at home, it's a great way to go in. Final, like, the deletion matches and Impact were a staple. Now it feels like an afterthought. And now you're getting this match, again, nobody asked for this match, and nobody understands why it exists. You just mentioned Keith Lee. I, I keep going back to Keith Lee and Swerve. In November, it was also the last time the tag division felt really hot when all of them were involved. Now it's kind of like it's fizzled out, and we get this six-man tag that I don't even understand why it's happening. Even in terms of you look at the players in the match, can you tell me as great as AEW does when they put their matches together and how they play out? I'm looking at this match like this is like a three-and-a-half star at best. This can't be fantastic. What are we doing here? Not for a pay-per-view. That's dynamite stuff. We have Wardlow and Christian Cage in a ladder match. We just Christian was buried the last time he competed, but now he's getting a title shot. Going from the depths of hell to the ascension <laughs> of heaven. Yeah, no, it's what weird. are we doing? What like what are we doing? Again, Hobbs beats Wardlow. You have Hobbs starts coming out in this great, fantastic low ride. I don't know why he's paired with QT Marshall. That shit doesn't make any sense in the world to me. He doesn't need QT. But he had this low ride of I felt like, oh, this is great. They can use this as something over the next few weeks. They destroyed it in the same night. Then we go into the match the following week, and Wardlow goes over on Hobbs. And what is Hobbs doing now? Nothing. There would have been so much more juice in them having them having a ladder match at double or nothing or a rematch or building towards a feud. This Christian thing, again, he's great at ladder matches. He's a great talent. I'll never diminish Christian. He's a phenomenal worker, but I don't get it. Why? I'm, I know Luchasaurus is going to interfere, but I don't care. I just saw you get buried, bro. You don't get this opportunity. It doesn't make any sense. What happened to the rankings? I guess those don't matter oh, anymore, those right? Long gone. Those are long. <laughs> <gone>. <laughs> Once August last year. Just, yeah. so they never mentioned it again. It was just like, all right, we're just going to act like this never happened. But now losers are getting opportunities at titles, which makes it even worse. doesn't make any sense. Once they, they veered into the more sports entertainment uh, realm of things they're like oh yeah we got to get rankings out of here because they're the d- d- the synergy ain't there with those two things no. uh they've veered into a blackjack battle royal for the aw international championship 21 man so far we know orange cassidy is a champion will be in there aaron solo powerhouse hobbs as we just mentioned cutesy marshall and 17 other people well the big question is also Will Orange Cassidy walk in with that title to, after tonight? He has an AEW International Championship match against Kyle Fletcher. Uh, or do we have a change at Double or Nothing? Is this a match that's of at all interesting to you? Like, what, what are you thinking about this one? I'm always interested in Orange Cassidy. He's the one character that's wildly unique. He's always entertaining. His matches are different. He does everything different from everybody else. Like, Regardless of how you book Orange Orange Cassidy, the way he handles himself is magnetic. So, yeah, I think he beats Kyle Fletcher tonight. And I think he leaves the Battle Royal with a feud instead of losing the title. He needs a new feud. He needs a rival. He needs somebody that's going to poke at him for the next several weeks. He hasn't really had that. He just kind of gets one-offs. Hopefully we build that through this Battle Royal. And I think it might be fun. Uh, some of the people in there are just like any other battle royal. You're like, I don't even know why you're in here. You're not going to win. QT Marshall. I say QT Marshall's name a lot because he's on my screen a lot, and I never can understand why. I think he's a tremendous agent. I think he's a great talent behind the scenes. But there's QTC. I don't need any of this shit. But the battle royal, I think, will be a fun match. Is there someone on your radar that you'd like to see Orange Cassidy feud with coming out of this battle royal on uh, Sunday? Mm, that's a good question. I don't. 
I don't know. I honestly don't know. How about Jay White? What are we doing with Jay White these days? I feel like I feel like they're kind of blowing off the Stark Street, which again I don't get. And I feel like Jay White's going to be in this battle royal because he has nothing else to do, which is weird for a big signing. So I feel like maybe we go into this and build Orange Cassie versus Jay White over the next several weeks. Do you think the collision and ram or not rampage? Who knows what's going to happen in that show? Collision and dynamite, like the the split on this. How do you think that plays out with, with AEW? If they stick to it, I think it could be really good. This company is grossly overwhelmed with talent. And if you have two two-hour shows, I think you have more opportunity to spread the wealth rather than Rampage feeling like an afterthought. And Dynamite, you're trying to cram everything into Dynamite, which means a lot of things get missed. What I do hope is that Tony has help booking a second show. And they find a way for it to be distinctly different in look and feel than Dynamite. When Paul Heyman took over SmackDown with the SmackDown 6, it felt different. It was the one time that the brand split actually worked because you felt like you were watching two different shows. But if you start co-mingling the talent, it dissolves really quick and it just feels like another two hours of wrestling that I don't have time for. Bible Select did report that uh, Brian Danielson is part of the creative process surrounding collisions. So there is somebody there who might be uh, able to take Tony's ear and say, hey, let's move this in this direction or let's, you know, have a little bit of uh, cohesive storytelling here on this show versus dynamite. So you make a good point. It's, it's very true. Uh, Jeremy. Joel, Joel, do you have any more wrestling questions? Cause I'm not having Andreas Hill on and not talking a little bit of, of rap and hip hop here. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I found out you were the editor of hip hop DX when I basically yes. was checking that website every single day when I was in high school in college and, and things like that, because that's how I kind of kept up on the music. Um, for someone who has fallen out of love with hip hop and rap, and I just listened to largely classics that I grew up on. Is there anyone out there I need to pay attention to of like, this is a guy and I'll tell you some of my favorite Eminem fan, Dre Snoop, people like that. I do like Kendrick, but like Jay-Z Ludacris, those are the people I grew up on and, and really yeah. enjoyed listening to. And that still listen to to this day. Is there someone out there that like this is somebody you should listen to and pay attention to who is of that ilk? Man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, right now I'm listening to the Kaytronada and Amine album, which is Kaytronada. Which, if anybody's familiar with Kaytronada, is a Chicago producer. It's kind of like house hip hop, but it's dope. It's really dope. Um, that's a really good album to listen to. Jeremy, I feel you because there's way too much music right now. And it's almost impossible to get through everything that releases each week. So we tend to revert back to what we know and listen to the classics. Like I tend to listen to Nas's Illmatic like once a week or Reasonable Doubt or, you know, uh, Good Kid, Mad City. So it's really difficult in terms of like new rappers. It's hard, man. I feel like I'm the old washed up head where I'm like, I remember in my day, rappers made sense. And, you know, I can understand what they were saying. And I feel like that guy now. Um, but, I, you know, everybody from Griselda, uh, Benny the Butcher, obviously, uh, West Side Gun, Conway the Machine. I think they're all great if you're looking for that aesthetic of grittier hip hop. Um, but other than that, it's it's tough, man. I have to actually look into my phone and see what I'm listening to these days. I'm always a big fan of Freddie Gibbs, who had a, has had a bunch of great albums with Mad Lib. Uh, with Alchemist, uh, Currency's always doing some great stuff. But these are like the old staples of hip-hop. In terms of anybody new, eh, I can't really find anybody. Good luck. 
I'm just waiting for, you know, if Eminem puts out a new song, new album, Jay-Z basically doesn't put out any, like Nas just put out something new. I'm just like, yeah, please give me the people that I grew up listening to, even if it's yeah. you know, not as good as the, the classic stuff. I'm like, all right, at least I recognize this voice. And this is a person who has spoken to me in the past. Uh, a very generic question, but off of a, a Chris Rock film. Top five, Andreas. Top five rappers? Oh, yeah. my God. All right. Um. <laughs> In no particular order, Nas, Jay Z, uh, Pac, Biggie, Kendrick. Okay, a little chalk. I will a little chalk there, but I'm not it's mad little, at it. You know. Now, now, I'm going to reverse this. My favorite rappers of all time, because okay. they're, they're the goat. My favorite, uh, Fonte from Little Brother, uh, Royce the Five Nine, Hell yeah. Lamar, uh, Jay Z. And Nas is a tricky one to me because there's, there's three eras of Nas. There's early Nas, there's trash Nas that was in the middle, and there's Nas with Hip-Boy, the resurgent Nas. That, the, the, those two, if you take away the middle part of Nas, he's in my top five. He's one of my favorites of all time. Um, but do will I put him in my top five? Yeah, I guess I will. I guess I will. Yeah. But I'm a big Royce of 5'9 fan. been a big Royce fan forever. I think he's incredible. He doesn't get his due. Fonte from Little Brothers, though. Well, big, big fan. I'm 100% with you on Royce as Eminem's my favorite rapper of all time. Uh, and obviously a lot of bad and evil stuff. Um, but I've listened to just a lot of Royce off of that and then j- his solo projects as well. And I always, Royce is one of those guys I will just constantly support and check out because due to the connection first with Eminem and then listening to his solo stuff. And yeah, I think a lot of like, you know, people who really listen to hip hop understand Royce and give him his due, but he never like blew mainstream type of way. And so people no. just don't give him any type of credit when it comes, comes to that. Like the slaughterhouse albums are really good uh, as well. Some of the stuff is a little uh, Eminem tried to dominate some of that stuff too much. And I say that as an Eminem fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it got it got tough for a minute with Slaughterhouse. It's just it was too many yeah. personalities in the room. I was actually I was working at BET when they formed. Um so I was there the day that they were telling people and I Royce actually Royce's manager Kino used to live down the street from me when I lived in New Jersey. So I would hear like unreleased Royce stuff and yeah, the stuff he did was would blow your mind, but never got his due, yeah. man. I don't think Royce ever got his due. Your favorite, your favorite rapper can find themselves vibing to Royce's Lost Sessions, all right? So Yes. Indeed. There you go. Somebody, uh, somebody that's relatively new. Uh, not relatively new. I've really enjoyed Tyler the Creator's uh, recent albums. Like, um, I didn't like Tyler originally. I wasn't a big Odd Future guy because I felt like it was a little bit too crass for the sake of being crass and not clever enough. But these last two albums, I thought were phenomenal. So yeah, that's another one that's creeping up my my grace list because he makes phenomenal music. All right, last one, uh, Andreas. Um, not not hip hop related, but we've been telling a lot of Vegas stories on the show okay. today. Joel Joel is a coward and didn't go get jumped uh, by people. Um, Sean has told some some Vegas stories. Do you have any just Vegas stories you can tell here on the air? Yeah, I mean, I live here, so I got quite a few. <laughs> um, here's a here's a fun one. I actually wrote about this. Uh, I was on the strip the night that Tupac got shot and killed. I was about I, I was in the MGM when the little brawl happened. So I was a kid, you know, and I, one of my friends drove and Mike Tyson would fight and we would we wouldn't watch the fight. We just drive to the MGM and just hang out in the lobby to see all the celebrities. 
and we saw a big commotion and you know somebody was like that's Tupac and I was like I ain't no damn Tupac and this is before like everybody had cell phones this is before like camera phones so you know you just take somebody's word for it uh and we decided as a bunch of barely teenagers that we're gonna go to club 662 which was the Tupac death row club we were never getting into that shit we just wanted to go because we wanted to see all the girls and we drove and there were cops all over uh flamingo and they told us like you can't go this way you got to go home so i decided i had to work i worked at the grocery store at the time as a bag boy so i was like all right fine I'm, we just go home we can't get to where we're going i go to the grocery store i get clocking at six in the morning a pager goes off. That's how old I am. I have a fucking pager. A pager goes off. I go to the payphone. I say, my boy calls and he's like, yo, did you hear? I was like, what happened? Tupac got shot. I was like, where? On Flamingo, where we were just at, bro. It's like, what? Yeah. So I was there the night that Pac got shot. I was in the vicinity of where the action had happened that night. And so I ended So in the mob museum out here in Las Vegas, I'm part of the exhibit. They have like a video exhibit talking about Tupac and his influence. So I'm part of that. Another thing, uh, kind of a Vegas story. I was in this youth group and uh, we were the Martin Luther King Youth Council. And Mike Tice used to come to our meetings and bring us fried chicken when we were kids. <laughs> it's the weirdest shit ever. Rules. Yeah, yeah, did he bring he, his pigeons with him? I know Mike Tice is no. a big pigeon person. <laughs> yeah, he brought, he, he, he just, he, yeah, we get chicken made out of pigeons. That, that's why the pigeons were missing. I don't know where Mike got that chicken from. That's enough. Mike's going to kill us. Uh, but yeah, Mike Tyson used to pull up to our, our meetings and bring us fried chicken every week. And he would drive yeah. up in his Porsche and the, it, like, it was in the hood. And I was like, what is Mike doing? He's got a Porsche in the hood, but it's Mike Tyson. He don't give a shit. Who's going to tell Mike to not drive a Porsche in the hood? But it was Mike Tyson. He used to come to our meetings. <laughs> oh, that rules. Andreas, thank you for, for joining us. Much appreciated. Let everyone know where they can find you at. Yeah, absolutely. So at Andreas Hale on all social media platforms, uh, you can check out my podcast with Kel Dansby called The Corner Podcast. We talk boxing, MMA and pro wrestling out of Blue Watch Studios out here in uh, Las Vegas at the Wynn. Uh, over at The Sporting News, where I'm the senior combat sports writer. You can find all my written work and a show called Fighting Words. where We debate topics each weekend, boxing, primarily boxing. Don't have enough MMA writers. Might need some. So if you're listening, might need some MMA writers and eventually pro wrestling, too. Um, and that's pretty much it. Oh, the one other thing behind me, Our Heroes Rock. Me, uh, Big E from the WWE and Johnny Davenport, who if you look at everybody's dope gear, Johnny has made it. Our cartoon, we did a Kickstarter about two years ago. We raised over $140,000. The pilot episode, which features Rhapsody as Ruby Bridges, is right around the corner. An announcement date is coming very, very soon, but we've been really working hard out that at Our Heroes Rock on social media. And I think that's everything. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, Andreas. Much appreciated. Uh, enjoy this weekend. Stay safe out there. Have fun. Uh, take it all in. I mean, you, you're in Vegas all the time, but hopefully it's a good show and you, you don't yeah. walk away disappointed. I hope not. I don't think I'll walk away disappointed. Just the build was disappointed. But once I'm in it, I'm in it. And this anarchy in the arena, can't go wrong with that. Appreciate okay. Well, well, one more question okay. now. They can't play. Sure. Maybe they can't play Wild Thing, but like, what song are they playing? For Anarchy and Arena this time. The you know it's going to be something crazy. <laughs> Which sigil? The Young Bucks theme just over and over again. <laughs> Super no. kick party. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yo, they got to have something crazy. You know Tony likes to go all out for these pay-per-views is to purchase a song just for this. I, dog, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they'll play Wild Thing, but it's got to be something else. 
I, I mean, I wish it was back in the days like when New Jack was in ECW and Natural Born Killers were just played through uh, all of his matches. It was that was fucking nuts. Give me something like that. Not gonna happen. But I don't know, man. We can't be playing Kansas in a fight. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, somebody <laughs> said, not sure somebody we said welcome. Somebody said welcome to the jungle. I'm thinking maybe Queen. We will rock you. Like no, that's expensive that. shit. <laughs> yeah, well. Tony's got money. Yeah. He's got a new Dragula by if I uh, Rob Zombie. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, Seven Nation Army would be dope. I don't know if they play that in the arena though. I don't. Also, I don't know, man. Yeah, no, but it, he got it right. Like shit, no, he got I, it. For, <laughs> that's the crazy thing. We'll, we'll I'll report back and let you know how the vibe was in the arena. If you guys want to have me back, I'd love to talk about how the, the feeling was for that match. Oh, you're welcome back anytime, Andres. Again, I appreciate you you doing this. Uh, I've been following your work for a long time, longer than I even thought once I learned of the Hip Hop DX stuff. And uh, I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. Take there care. You go. Andreas Hill from the Corner Podcast, from Sporting News, from multiple other outlets as well. Check out Our Heroes Rock. Uh, if you're listening to this interview clipped, uh, the link is, is down below. Joel, I know we got to get out of here here shortly. Uh, but Andreas Hale, great. I'm, I'm really happy we had him on. That was somebody I, I really wanted to get on, somebody whose work I've followed and respected for a very long time. So I'm yeah, he was able to join us. Yeah, he was fantastic. It was great, great get. Great to have him on. Uh, spoke very honestly about uh, his expectations with Double or Nothing and what is or isn't happening in, in Las Vegas this weekend. So we'll see how it plays out in Vegas. I'm sure a lot of people will have a lot to say about their experience. And uh, it was just good to have a Vegas native talk about what's going on on the ground and yeah if he wants to come back uh yeah standing offers there and if he wants to come and talk about anarchy in the arena or whatever he wants he's always welcome that'd be great uh before we wrap up aw dynamite tonight other than the announcement for the first collision we talked about orange cassie cal fletcher for the international championship uh house of black takes on blake christian ar fox and metalik in an open house match i assume that there will be crumpets and tea and all the things that you give out at an open house uh does do you think this sets anything up for house of black going into double or nothing or is it just a match for match sake i think the guns come out or not the guns uh the acclaimed come out after this and that sets up double or nothing because otherwise i don't know what house of black is doing if it's not the acclaimed, the acclaimed won that little trios thing, uh, the trios battle royal. So like they should get a shot, but I guess it's open house. So anybody can come out. I imagine regardless, I think it'll be the acclaimed and, and Billy, but whoever it is, house of black wins their double or nothing challengers just walk out. And that's how the match is set up. A lot of we'll hear from, we'll hear from FTR. We'll hear from the, all four pillars. We'll hear from Ricky Starks. I think the Stark segment will set up a tag match for either Forbidden Door or moving forward past that. Maybe they'll set up something for the buy-in, which I hope they don't do. I hope it's on the actual card, but there were already nine matches deep on it on Double or Nothing. Starks and, I don't know, Action Andretti against Juice and, and, and uh, sorry, Jay White. That could be, I don't know. I, I don't know. Let's just, let's just finish it up. I've said it before. White and, and Rock Hard felt like this was the conduit through which the forbidden door opened and passed through. That's clearly not what's going on right now. So who knows? Full pillars are going to talk. They're going to talk. FDR is going to talk. And then Satnam and Jay are going to come out and counter the talk. And then that'll be that there will be guitars. There will be a Mark Briscoe spot, I'm sure. And yada, yada. Uh, and then the contract signing for double or nothing. You've got Jericho and Adam Cole, baby. If it's unsanctioned, why do you need to sign a contract? 
unless it's a hold harmless, I don't see why you would. I wouldn't sign it. It's an unsanctioned match. I don't want to hold harmless thing. Just let's fight. Let me kill you. Yeah. You turn the lights off. You turn the lights on. That tells you it's an unsanctioned match. And uh, that's it. Lady Frost versus Ty Valkyrie. We, of course, expect Ty Valkyrie to go over there, but Lady Frost will have a good showing. And for the ROH World Tag Team Championships, Lucha Bros take on Wheeler Yuta and Claudio Casignoli. Uh, this is a match that feels like the Elite will get involved afterwards. If I had to guess. That's, I, I don't need this, this ROH stuff on AEW, especially the week of a pay-per-view. Like, just... ROH has its own show. Put the Lucha Bros on that. I know Tony's done a better job of not blending it. It's like, oh, well, they're the champions. I, you got enough titles. Stop it. Three matches, one announcement, four in-ring segments. That's your go-home. I, I don't mean, last week, last week was a little weird where it opened with the Wardlow-Christian segment and then it closed with the uh, Elite blackpool segment and both those segments were good but that's just you know usually you, you think of aw you think of the hot opening match you think of the the hot closing match and here they ended with two good good in-ring segments mind you i don't i don't have a problem with either of them like the elite blackpool segment hangman's return was great their main event their technical wrestling main event ended in a dq like last week's show got a lot of praise and it was very good but they're the the layout of the shows recently has been little, little, not what we're used to with AEW. It doesn't make it a bad thing, but I would like to see them, you know, get, get back to the, the hot opening match and then the, the hot closing match as well. Cause I, uh, it seems like I could be completely wrong. You know, where's Will Washington to, to give me the data on all of this. Um, it seems like we've opened with a lot of promo segments recently when we haven't needed to. It feels to me like the ROH World Tag Titles will open the show so that we can do the elite Blackpool Combat Club stuff early, get that out of the way in that first hour. The crossover will be the contract signing between Jericho and Cole, and the main event will be Cassidy and Fletcher, and it'll end with everyone in the ring battling it out, being like, we have a big battle royal on saturday for sunday we're out of time i feel like that's the way it'll go i do think the international championship will be the main event though i think pillars close if anything pillars will be the cross hour i mean yeah but i think i think pillars close close this show they're gonna close that pay-per-view they're they're gonna main event the pay-per-view i think pillars close this show and i think they need a strong home run segment as the final but especially because rampage is taped i don't even know what time rampage is on this week because it changes every single week saturday this week okay so there you go um i think pillars close and i think there's a decent amount of pressure on them to deliver a pretty knockout segment because i mean we talked about with andreas but the, the build on this, and we, we've talked about it in previous weeks, the build on this ain't the best. So I think they close, and I think they're, they're going to have a lot of pressure on themselves to like really, really do a hard sell on this. Because the we ran down the card. The card is what it is. Right now, Blackpool and Elite feels like the biggest match. But Pillars is going to be the main event. And Pillars is what you're banking everything on. And they're going to need a big time segment 
and I think you put him in the closing spot because if you just put if you put them at eight thirty or even the cross segment, it doesn't feel as big. Like it just it does not feel as big. You got to close out with that. It's a good point. We're gonna find out tonight what happens on Dynamite. Uh, there's a lot of talky talk, which uh, I guess Raw just did the same thing with uh, their past week on Monday uh, Monday night leading into afternoon champions. But uh, we'll be back on Friday. We've got plenty to talk about. I mean, we've got three big shows, four if you count NXT, uh, to run Wait down. a second. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> gotcha. Uh, hey, like I said, Impact is actually the only live show airing on Friday. Everything else is taped, so what do you care? <laughs> anyway, I mean, it we- is. That's very. I forgot. I kind of forgot Impact was on. I, like I forgot. I'm gonna have to like be around to cover that. That's that's unfortunate. <laughs> anyway, plenty of stuff to talk about. We'll be back 10 a.m. on Friday. Jeremy, plug the stuff. Let's get out of here. I don't have anything to plug. Uh, just check out everything we got going on 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 Fightful Overbooked Media Call tomorrow thursday at a time to be determined it'll be noon or five or six or sometime tomorrow we're gonna do a media call still think they should have sent alex to do the hpk call but we'll see uh till alex will be on the media call tomorrow i promise everybody he can he can call in with a question of his own maybe i'll have a write-in question alex Pulowski on tomorrow's media call there we go i am at joel pearl j-o-e-l-p-e-a-r-l we drop content every day here at fightful overbook if you haven't yet leave a thumbs up and also uh, drop a subscribe on this video get us in your friends ears let's hang out sometime we will be back on friday come check out all the stuff here on overbooked until then ladies gentlemen friends beyond the binary we'll see you in the next one cheers